2: the boys, the headline god, Jeremy Lambert, and his co-host, speaking out of Atlanta, Georgia, representing more than one royal family, the king of indie viewing, Stephen Jensen. And this is the Spotlight on Fightful.
3: Hello and welcome, everyone, to the spotlight here on Fightful. I am Jeremy Lambert. That is Stephen Jensen. It is Thursday, January 11th, and we are here to talk about all the news in wrestling from this past week and you know the, the the week ahead as well. It's a busy weekend, Jensen. A busy weekend of professional wrestling. We're gonna preview that. We're gonna talk a little TNA Hard to Kill. Little maybe uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley. That's a stacked lineup this weekend. We got this past week to, to look back on, including CM Punk and Drew McIntyre, including the Young Bucks returning, including Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Steven Jensen, how you doing today, buddy?
4: I'm doing good, and shout out to Big Dick Emil J for the intro. Thank you very much, <clears throat> as always, Emil. Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just waking up this morning. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about, as you mentioned. Um, I'm looking forward to talking some wrestling, man. Um it was a big week for you on on social media so
3: that that was oh, cool.
4: Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't like getting all these dorks in my mentions on social media. I don't, but you know, this is what happens when you just do do bits and uh and you know, pop yourself on Twitter. People just take it very seriously. Today I'm going to tweet that Eric Bischoff was right and then we'll see <laughs> how that goes for me. <laughs> no, jeez. I that's mean, a spoiler and- for everybody see everybody here who watches the spotlight gets the exclusive of the, you guys know what's going to be coming later on this afternoon unless something else big like happens and i gotta reverse course and, and change things up but yeah today i'm just gonna tweet eric bischoff was right and then uh, see how it goes good, for me that's
4: good stuff i saw <laughs> i saw you were one of the few people that tony Khan actually like responded to during the uh you, the whole thing the other day. So that was he was like you just gotta I,
3: mention cage match. Tony yeah. will defend or uh praise cage match no matter no matter what. I, I I'll give myself credit all the time. I was very proud of that. Like Eric could have found this information on Cage Match to it. Because like it's one, it's true, he could have. He could have just looked at Cage Match and found it. And yeah, as Tony replied, like the irony of it. It's like, yeah, like. You got to just easily found that one. Yeah. Cage match rules. Uh, yeah. Spurs. Uh, by the way, guys, leave a leave a super chat. Get your question, comment statement right on the air. We're very interactive with the chat regardless. But uh, super chat money helps support the show, helps support the channel. We appreciate that. Leave a thumbs up on the video. If you don't mind that subscribe to the channel, if you haven't already. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked, if you haven't already. Um, I'll do big plugs at the end. But we, we got big interviews with Kashida, Jody Threat, uh, and Matt Cross on Fightful Overbooked from in the weeds this past week. And we're we're supposed to have more guests tomorrow, hopefully. So subscribe to five lover books, subscribe to this channel, leave a thumbs up, leave a super chat if you would like, but cage match does rule. Like I use cage match for like every single day, almost every article I write, I probably look at cage match and is like, when's the last time this guy wrestled? Did this guy wrestle this person? Like I always cite cage match. It is, it's fun. It's fantastic.
4: It is. Yeah. I, I use it often for the weekender. Like that's super valuable for the weekender podcast because there's a lot of matches that may not be televised or like, you know, maybe, you know, pre-taped or whatever. And cage match, will usually have that also. They'll have like the, the spoilers for stuff like before most people. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great resource. It's not always hundred percent accurate. You can't always use it as like the Bible. It's not always right, but it's usually right. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, Every now and then we'll get someone on this show that'll do some research on and it'll be like it'll be like this wrestler hasn't wrestled for this many years. And I'm like, I know I've seen them wrestling like <laughs> in like i in that time frame, I have seen them live. So like I this can't be right. But uh but usually, usually cage match is like a really, really, really good resource for pretty much everything. So um I thought that was so funny how so much of that got started by USA network. Basically, like being the troll account Some, for WWE, <laughs> and then,
3: then this all—and you know—it's nobody that works. <coughs> of course at, not no. at WWE. It's no. somebody at USA Network who's obviously a wrestling fan because he he knows enough to cite cage match and knows it's a dig at Tony Khan. Like it's a wrestling fan who just works at USA Network. Andrew Zarian told me it's not an intern, so I can't make <laughs> an intern joke anymore. But it's just somebody who works at USA Network who has nothing to do with WWE. He's like, ah. Let me just pop myself here and then did that. And then Tony replied, I thought it was funny. I'm all for bullshit tweeting because I do plenty of that.
4: I mean, whoever's behind that account is is a, like just a wrestling fan like us for sure because I, I've i seen that account mention people that do shows for Fightful before. Like, he's yeah, like, same, same with the
3: Fox account. Like, the, yeah. the Fox account would do that. So, yeah. Well, maybe that's what I was thinking. It was maybe the Fox account. Maybe, maybe both actually. <laughs> I, do, I do think USA Network has like mentioned uh, sour graps before. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, oh, sorry, you were muted for a second. So yeah, I, I, I uh,
4: yeah, that's. I mean, that's cool. I just think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny how how just riled up everyone gets over all that stuff, and how just like little jokes can just become such crazy fights for people online. I didn't even know any of that was even going on until we were recording our interview with Colin Tessier, which will be later today, that so you guys can hear that. But but like while we were recording it on Tuesday, I hadn't been on Twitter all day. So Jeremy was starting to fill me in. Then after our interview, I I started catching up, and I was like, Ugh. uh, Maggie, hey, it says, hey everyone, leave a thumbs up in the video." I, I just put chats.
3: I just put that up so for, for our visual people who you know wanted to to read that, and then you see Maggie as well. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Maggie's face will bring people to leave us <laughs> thumbs up and super chats. Yes.
4: I and by the way, for everyone asking, and I know Maggie is especially interested. I still have not had my offer for my promotion. It's taking
3: forever. We gotta storm this place, Jensen. Dude, we're gonna have dude. to storm. Uh, we're gonna have to storm your workplace to be like, give us an answer now. Well, I'm gonna talk to them again
4: either today or tomorrow, like before the weekend, because I took off MLK. I'm not gonna be working on Monday, so like I, w- I won't even know till Tuesday in that case. But it's. I will say this. My who who would become my new boss has met has has messaged me again. I know I said it this probably a week or so ago. Like I got another update like two or three days ago of them literally saying like, Hey, HR is taking forever. This like HR is taking forever, you know, wink, wink. It's just taking forever. And I was like, okay, like if that's, I don't know why you would be telling me how long HR is taking to approve something. If I wasn't the person getting the job, you know what I mean? That'd be very weird to keep me in the loop about this. Yeah. And I also know there have been other people that interviewed, that have messaged me recently and just been like, Hey, have you heard anything since so-and-so date? Cause like, I didn't even get a second interview. And like, I, I did get another, You know what I mean? So i I know that a lot of the people that were candidates didn't get offered the job or have already been told they weren't going to get it. So it's one of those things where it's like, huh, I was literally told by somebody I've worked. She told me I've worked for the company for 22 years. And this is the longest I've seen it take to approve somebody for, for a, for a, a, a job change in the company. And I was like, Awesome. Wow. That's happening to me. But like, you know, like, I, but one, once again, it's just one of those things. Like I appreciate all the support. I appreciate people reaching out. And if they don't give me the promotion, um, you'll know about that also. Cause I'll be like going crazy on this. Yeah. On we're going to,
3: we're going to definitely storm then and, and yeah. fight all of these people. We're, we're threatening now to just get an answer, but if it doesn't happen, making you wait that long. Yeah. We're, we're hundred percent storming the offices.
4: Yeah, I agree. So I appreciate that y'all, but hopefully I know, I keep saying it every week. Hopefully by next Thursday, I can definitively tell y'all something. But in my last conversation with my, who would become my new boss, they essentially apologized for how long it was taking. And I, I even told them, I was like, Hey, I have like friends and family that like keep asking me like, so it's getting kind of embarrassing. Like, like what's going on. Um, and they gave me a big heart emoji and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Like just bear, just stick with it basically. So anyway, But to make a long story short, the company that I work for was recently purchased right around the end of the year. So it's a whole different HR team. And I'm apparently one of the first people that would be getting a new job role within the company since the company has merged. So apparently it's just a gigantic lag of getting everything done. So anyway, Maggie said a heart emoji. Yeah, my boss sent me a big giant heart emoji in a message the other day. It was just like, I'm so sorry. This is a giant heart. And I was like, yeah, I was like, thanks. I work with pretty much all women, so they're all—they're all very like—I don't know what the right word is. Um, they're like uh, empathetic. I don't know the right like. They're very like. I'm so I'm sorry this is happening. I'm sorry. like yeah. Like they, but like but usually when I work with dudes, they're like, dude, deal with it or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, so it's it's a little bit different with that too. Um, which I, I which I which is nice. I feel like they actually care. You know, that's kind of a good feeling. But, um, anyways, uh, yeah, Maggie's like Jesus fucking Christ. I know. We'll talk about wrestling. We'll move on. We'll, I'll keep you updated on the job later on.
3: Let's start here. Uh, Chaton Townsberry says, "I hope Nick Jackson only speaks and pretend French with his goofy mustache." We will start there, everybody. And you know what? In honor of the young bucks returning, I'm old
5: and I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking
3: children. <laughs> I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. Sting. He's old. He looked fucking tired after that match last night, and now he's going to be working with children. Uh, The Young Bucks interrupted Sting's little promo, and it looks like we're setting up Sting and Darby Allin against the Young Bucks as Sting's final match at AEW Revolution. One, what would you make of the the Young Bucks' look? Two, what do you think of uh, the Young Bucks being the final match for Sting?
4: so well first of all i want to say i really hope things okay because it took him a while to stand up yeah that was that well. match. now ironically enough i once again I, I don't have proof of this but last night i was watching AEW with my my brother and my friend mike which usually the three of us are watching AEW went to dave and buster's actually for a little while first and then uh <clears throat> then came back here and watched some AEW. and literally before the last move of that match because like because darby did the big uh coffin drop from the entrance uh you know from the set and i was the camera had like gone away from sting for a while so i was saying to them i was like we're Sting, like you like it probably climbed something and like Sting's gonna jump you know this is time for Sting to, to do a big jump," and he he didn't and i was like oh, okay and i literally said to them i said okay cool they're probably just making sure sting stays healthy because he's got to get through you know february he's got to get through retirement don't take any big risks you know have darby take the risks and the next move was sting doing the scorpion death drop through the table off of that thing. And not, not even be able to do that. Like he, I'm sure y'all noticed, but like he couldn't even cover, couldn't make the cut. Yeah. Candle. He just kind of yeah, like, like crawled backwards. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, fist on Hobbs,
4: And then, and then he couldn't stand and it was like, okay. Like, and when you see the replay, Sting had to have hit that table on the corner or something. Cause it doesn't like really break. And he, it's like this whiplash effect where like his neck and his head, and then his head hits the ground. So I was like, is this his back? Is this his neck? Is this his head? Is this a combination of all of it? We already saw what happened with the Rollins match. where We had like the delayed reaction where he got the buckle bomb and he kind of like kicked out for a second and then like fell over. And it was like really scary. And that's the kind of stuff that I think about with Sting too, is like with the history of that happening before and then you see the way his neck snapped and everything last night. I was like, I was really afraid something like had really gone wrong. Cause he wasn't standing up. And then like more uh, referees and people were checking on him and stuff. The camera wasn't cutting in on him. Tony body standing around in the ring with the microphone. Cause like, he's waiting to do the, the interview after the match. And he's, they probably don't know if like stings gonna be able to do the interview because like, he's can't stand. And, but luckily at some point the feeling must've come back or something. Cause he like shot up off the ground and like the crowd went nuts. They were like, okay, good. Sting's okay. But then the young bucks make their, uh, make their return looking different for sure. Rocking the mustaches, <clears throat> the, uh, the black and the white contrast, I guess. Um, but personally speaking, I'd like to, I, I would have liked for the, the, final sting match to be sting versus Darby one-on-one just Darby, you know, beat sting on the way out. Like that's just kind of the perfect, uh, for those of you who are familiar with it's always sunny in Philadelphia. This would be a perfect thunder sun moment. like the literal handing of the torch from like one generation to the next. Um, but, uh, but I, uh, but I, I'd imagine that comes down to sting, probably not being up for doing a singles match. I would guess. um, I don't know if his body can take it. And I also, I'd imagine this is also why Singh is like choosing to retire when he's choosing to retire. I think he's realizing like, I've been able to do this forever. And then like year after year, it's been like, kind of, I'll get past this year. I'll get past this year. But that's been happening for like 15 years now of <laughs> like, all right, just one more year. All right. Just one more contract. All right. Just one more year. And then like, and I think at this point, he's just like, I just, my body's about to just shut down. if I keep doing this. Um, so I could imagine that it's probably just not going to be, it, it, I imagine that's why it isn't sing and Darby in a singles match. And for it to be the Young Bucks, it makes sense. I mean, it's a tag team they've never wrestled. And the Young Bucks need something big, I feel like, also right now. They're kind of like stuck in like kind of no man's land, but they really should be. I mean, they're the Young Bucks still. They're still, in my opinion, one of, one of if not the best tag team in the world in ring and there's still evps in the company there's still the the e and all elite wrestling so um and it'll be a banger match like the young bucks will make sting look incredible out there and darby's gonna do crazy stuff with the two of those dudes too so like i think it's probably i i would have once again i'll just say i would have preferred it with sting and darby one-on-one but if sting is not able to you know do a singles match this is probably the best option
3: yeah i'm really not sure if Sting can. if get through a singles match and Darby would be an easy opponent because he'd just bump all around Sting. He wouldn't have to do a whole lot, but Sting was looking a little rough last night. Even the setup to the death drop, um, and you know, it was all that staging onto the tables, but like it took a while to even like get it set up. And I didn't know if that was on Hobbs who was not positioning correctly or Sting just couldn't get him positioned correctly. But it took a while. It took him a while to get up. Fortunately he did get up. The Bucks make sense. I would imagine Sting had a big say and who he was going to face. I don't think this is the match that Tony Khan picked and is like, this is it. This is, this is your final match. We want to get the bucks, this heel heat against you. So this is what we're going to do. And sting just had no say in it. Tony Khan has way too much respect for Sting. If you listen to any interview, Tony Khan has done speaking about Sting, There's way too much respect there for him not to be like, what do you want to do? Sting. Right. Like what makes sense to you? And I think that sting had a big say in wanting to face the bucks because the bucks are considered by many. And maybe sting is one of the many, the, the best tag team in the last decade or so. Like, and the bucks are also considered by many again, sting might be one of the many who the, the bucks can make look very good. Cause the bucks much like Darby are is going to, are going to bump around. They're going to, they're not afraid to, to show a little ass and just do a bunch of, you know, wacky cells, and it looks stupid as Sting just kind of stands there and throws backhand chops and punches and clotheslines and stuff. So <clears throat> the Bucks will make the match look very good. And then, you know, I I kind of, I don't think Sting's getting pinned, but maybe maybe he does want to go out the way that a lot of wrestlers do end up going out, leaving the territory, go out on your back type of thing. I would imagine Sting has a big say in how he wants to go out. If he wants to go out on his back, he'll go out on his back. If he wants to win, he will win. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I completely agree. And uh I honestly think,
4: I think it's like a good chance that Sting and Darby will win. I really do. Like just, I I, I mean, may, the it's, it really depends on what, I guess what they're pr- trying to do with the young bucks. See, I think,
3: this. I think it would be not a mistake per se, I think the Bucs should win, though, because the Bucs are heels. They're going to be heels all leading up to this. They're going to be smarmy assholes leading up to it and then coming out of it. If they get that claim, we retired Sting, we beat Sting, we're the only team that beat Sting, that's going to make them even bigger jerks to everyone else. And I mean, Shad Spurs says uh, Sting facing the Bucks makes a lot worse voices and angry. A lot of the worst voices in wrestling angry, which makes it an automatic right. win. If the Bucks win, those voices are gonna be even angrier.
4: That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that actually makes it for an even more interesting match. Because if it was like Sting and Darby, for instance, I would just go in like assuming that Darby was gonna win. But I'm really not sure who's gonna win this match. Um, I think that I think it would make sense for the Young Bucks to win as heels and go on to like do something bigger going forward again in the company for sure. Like the Young Bucks could definitely use use a, a another jumpstart for sure. But I don't know. It's just kind of a random match, though, also. Like, in a lot of ways. Just, like, so I don't... I, I'm interested to see the build, you know, from now until until Revolution. I think we're going to get some good stuff in the build-up. Um, I think the match itself will actually be really good. Like, there's no way the Young Bucks are going to put that on their... Like, they're not going to accept this responsibility of Singh's last match and not give him the best send off possible and Darby's is going to be the same way. So, um, my, uh, my prediction has right now though, is I think Sting and Darby are going to win. I think like, okay. it's just like, it's just Sting. I think Sting and Darby like Sting goes out, rides off of the sunset. But I th- well, once again, I think if it was a singles match. They could have used it as a device to get over Darby as like a one-on-one match. But once again, I understand if Sting can't do the singles match. I totally get that.
3: I think, so. I think the Bucks are going to win. And I think they're gonna win because it's kind of a better story if the Bucks as heels win. Darby's gonna be off TV for a little bit afterwards if he's climbing Everest, because uh, that's supposed to be in April. I know that would give him the the whole rest of March, but like you got to prepare a little bit for that thing. I know he's in the middle of preparing, but you got to prepare even even more as it gets closer. So I think Darby's gonna be off TV for a little while afterwards. Um, yeah, I think I think the Bucks are gonna win, and I think it's gonna give them. Actual heel heat, actual like fodder that essentially Baron Corbin should have had when he retired Kurt Angle, but they right. didn't follow up on that at all. And it was lame and no one cared. And yeah, Corbin, I mean, Angle didn't even want that to be his last match. Again, I think Sting had plenty of say in facing the Young Bucks in his last match because he's wrestled a lot of tag teams uh, throughout this run with AEW has wrestled the young bucks so it's something new for him it's something different and I think I think the bucks are gonna win
4: yeah I I think those are all I think everything you just said is very very possible and makes total sense so
3: I can see that too Tommy asking can they get the titles on the young bucks before the tag team match I mean theoretically they can it's it's not like anyone stopping them you know tony replied to my tweet about cage match i also asked him to give sting and darby a tag team title match because tony wanted to cite records when it came to hook and jinder mahal and i'm like I'm talking about records sting's undefeated why isn't he getting a tag team title match that that one went ignored by tony. <laughs> um but That's yeah a good I, point I, though they should have had a tag team title match a long time ago, but they just don't for some reason. Um, It's possible. They can always get the tag team titles on the Bucks by that point. They can get the tag team titles on Sting and Darby by that point. Like there's plenty of shows. It's not like they're lacking for a television show to, to put that out there. So I don't think we're going to see that by the way, but it's not fully out of the realm of possibility.
4: You know, I would say that would be, I like that idea though, Tommy, like I would like the idea of the Young Bucks winning the titles and Sting and Darby potentially winning the titles in Sting's last match, but then of course it creates the problem of like what to do with the titles after, and the AEW's already got enough tournaments and stuff like that. But
3: yeah, but if it's see, I don't think they should have them for the the last match. If you put them on Sting and Darby ahead of it, and then the Bucks win, then okay, and the Bucks win the titles off of that, then then I'm fine with it.
4: Right. Well, I was saying if it was the other way around, like if the Bucks went into the match as champions, then I would think Sting and Darby would probably win as like the sell as like you know them going out with Sting getting the title on the way out with Darby. I just feel like I guess the reason that I'm so kind of I'm considering so heavily the idea of Sting winning on the way out is because I think in a perfect world it would have been him and Darby, and I know I'm getting kind of stuck on that, but I, I think that like that would have been their opportunity to like put someone over. Like, if they were going to really put someone over, it would have been him after all this time of them being partners. And if it can't be Darby, like, why not make the story, Sting and Darby winning the titles together? Like, they finally, like, accomplished, like, the big goal together. And Sting has nothing left to, like, there's nothing left for Sting to do. If he can't wrestle singles matches, like, the tag team titles is the, the pinnacle of what he, what he can achieve, you know, in AEW, really, title, title belt-wise. So... I think it, I think that if you got the titles involved, whether they were on Sting and Darby or on the Young Bucks heading into the pay per view, I think that that would actually add a lot more to the the match and the story and everything personally. So I hadn't even considered that possibility, really, Tommy. So I, I like that you brought that up. I think it's a really good idea. But one one of these two teams being the champions.
3: Ah, uh, Big Man Dog says uh, you can do a storyline of Darby and Sting retiring with the tag belts. Darby has to look. For a new partner it has to be quick again if he's going to climb Everest in April like you can't have the tag titles on him when he's going to be gone at least a month off of that so that's why I don't think like the tag titles are going to be on Sting and Darby unless it is hey we win let's retire Sting's retiring let's vacate the tag team titles but I don't feel like that does a whole lot for the tag team titles and a division that's already that needs any life it can right now fair that's not fair. a tournament we don't need more tournaments no i agree i agree with that for sure don't need more tournaments uh anything else on on the bucks sting
4: darby oh no we can move on to the next aw topic we'll, co- we'll, top. we'll cover sting and darby as the, the there's more build uh to the match and then the match itself of course
3: tommy's programming our show love samoa joe segment he feels like a world champion of many eventer. loves everyone gunning for him i'm stoked for this next next season of aw so Samoa Joe, the new AW world champion, comes out with a new AW world title. And he's like, no longer do you got to come out here and air your grievances. Do you got to make your ho-ass comments on social media? That popped me so much. You got to make your ho-ass comments on social, me- social media. Come out here, bring your record, bring your reputation, and come get your ass kicked by the reigning world heavyweight champion. That brings out Swerve. That brings out Hangman. That brings out Hook. So we've already got three challengers lined up for Samoa Joe. Hook's got his title shot next week. We'll see what happens with Swerve and Hangman. Uh, you know, Swerve's got a better claim than Hangman. Swerve's got two head-to-head victories against Hangman. Hangman's got to screw off for a little bit. I love Hangman, but he's got a he's a little back of the line compared to, to Swerve. Um, yeah, Samoa Joe, not playing any games. He just says, you know... Come out here if you if you think you deserve it then you can get your title shot. What would you make of this segment and Samoa Joe's first big promo as champion?
4: Uh this was great. Uh this the I was I was skeptical somewhat in Samoa Joe becoming a champion for AEW and that has nothing to do with Samoa Joe himself. I've said plenty of times on this show. Samoa Joe is a made man. He's an absolute legend. Like he always has the credibility of being Samoa Joe. Like I just didn't know if that like I, did, I guess, and this is on me, to be fair, in my own head, I envisioned MJF's world title reign to be, like, completely different than what we got. You know what I mean? I didn't expect the face turn. I didn't expect, like, any – I definitely didn't expect Samoa Joe to be the guy to beat him. I figured it'd be maybe one of the pillars eventually or something. I, I expected this whole, uh, you know, bidding War of 24 stuff to be much heavier around this time. And I was totally off about all that, as I think a lot of us were. But now that we're at where we're at with Samoa Joe with that title – I'm loving where we're at now because Samojo's attitude towards being the champion is different than a lot of heel champions. And Samojo is not even a heel, depending on really how you view him. I mean, he is a heel, especially with turning on MJF the way that he did. But like, it's very respectable that you hold the top title and you're calling people out and saying like, like if you want this, like you don't like you, don't, you know where to find me. I'll fight the number one contenders. Throw your names in the hat. Like, I'm not ducking anybody. Like, I want to be the main the main person with the main championship. He's going on social media and saying, <clears throat> doing interviews and stuff, and he's saying, like, like, look, I want the focus of this company and this title and what I'm doing to be what you're seeing on the television show and in the ring. Not all this backstage BS, not all these rumors and this and that. Like, I, I want to bring back attention to the pro wrestling and this world title belt. And I really respect that approach to, I think that's badass. and the challengers he's already got, you got hook, which I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting at the very least because, you know,
3: Joe should destroy him. I mean, I think Joe's definitely going to beat him. Um, I think he should beat him in about 30 seconds. Really? I, I know people will probably get mad at that, but like hook, I like hook one. He's, he's very young. Um, so it's not like he has a long career, Ahead of him, uh, like Hook hasn't like beaten anybody, uh, like of Yuta in a street fight. is probably his biggest win, right? Jungle boy. Oh yeah, he beat Jungle. That again, street fight. Like yeah, most of his wins have been like kind of kind of street fight, no DQ, because it's been FTW title. I think somehow Joe should destroy him just to basically show like there's levels to this game like all right cool you're having you're doing your little pre-show no dq matches and beating these guys like that's cool you step in the ring with a 20-year vet and, and a straight-up singles match you get you get destroyed like so and then I, I think that'll help with with hook's like growth a little bit of like okay i can't just step up to this man almost out of nowhere uh it, it you know i i don't have an issue with hook getting this title shot by the way, I, I think Tony was, I think overselling how much people actually disliked hook getting this title shot. I think yeah, I'm I'm all for hook getting this title shot, but I also think that hook should get destroyed in this match.
4: Well, I also think that if that happens, they should just go ahead and stop using the FTW title belt on television. And I've been saying that for a while, like, especially if there's going to be a continental title and an international title and a TNT title, like why is there also this FTW title? Like, I get the history with ECW. I thought it was cool back then. It's an unrecognized championship that's definitely recognized. So, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, um, But so, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you as far as, like, I definitely think Samoa Joe should beat Hook. And if he destroys him, they need to stop. They just need to take that television or that the title off TV. It's just pointless at that point, per in my personal opinion. Um, I, I'm very... I'm very interested to see Hangman versus Samoa Joe and Swerve versus Samoa Joe. I think both of those matchups would be great,
3: man. Um, I, I felt bad for Hangman last night. Why is that? He, I've been saying for months, this There's guy should be, and a lot of people have, this guy should be like top baby face, like oh, top number baby one face. baby yeah. face in the company. And he felt like the third baby face in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like that's I, why I was
4: thinking heel. Cause like, he's not getting the same reactions. as Yeah. The, yeah. Especially
3: at daily's place too. Like that's, that's kind of home territory for hangman. And like swerve was getting more cheers when he's supposed to be the heel. And Joe was getting more cheers when he's technically the heel. Like I felt bad for hangman. It's like, Oh man, hangman should have. And this is like, this is an issue when you haven't pushed this guy as much as you should have as the top baby face. Like the daily's place was more excited to see guys and they just haven't seen like they they're like, oh we haven't seen yeah the crowd kind of groaned when hangman came out like that it kind of kind of sucked uh I Jeff Eller driver saying he's turning heel seems obvious to me he has the stash like the bucks that feels that feels like a mistake that feels like a mistake <sighs> to turn hangman heel
4: it's they they got a lot of decisions to make with hangman and with all these guys really and with Samoa Joe because of like his What's what a, good, a great opportunity they have with Samoa Joe here is he can really be more of a tweener than anything. Like you can, you don't really have to be a heel or a babyface if you're the guy who's just the 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 top in the game and calling in just anyone can get it. Like you not, you're not prejudiced towards any. It doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. Like you want this title, I'll beat you up and keep it. Like I I love that. So it, it opens up for a whole bunch of different types of challengers for Samoa Joe and a whole bunch of different scenarios and stories, including um and i maggie's not gonna like hearing this but then the person he didn't mention is is wardlow who they keep mentioning will become the champion with the help of adam cole they cut adam cole cut the same promo yeah, the exact same promo (laughs) yeah um that's already becoming uh 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 concerning yeah like where this group's already at my brother last week i didn't mention this but um, like the Undisputed Kingdom came out at the beginning of last week and they did the whole thing like I'm Adam Cole and this is what I'm doing and this is Roderick Strong and this is what he is doing and blah 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 and then like a little bit later in the show uh, the Patriarchy came out dressed in all black like Christian uh, Nick Wayne and my brother turned to me he's like didn't we see this already because it was like this seems like and then like Christian came out and was like I'm Christian this is what we're doing and this is Nick Wayne and that's what he's up to and this is Mama Wayne and This my brother was like didn't we just wasn't this already on the show it was like, oh, that's kind of a good point. Like it's, it's kind of similar. But um but the Wardlow I I I don't know. Like I'm I think you might have brought it up last week. I'm I'm dead on the uh I'm I'm or it's not dead, but I'm uh, I'm stuck now on the idea of Kyle Riley like jumping out Wardlow from my group when he returns. Like I can't get that out of my head now, so I'm thinking that maybe Wardlow doesn't last in this group. I, I can't imagine you would join a group and be like, it's if, if storyline purpose, like you're for your own character. Like you put yourself back in the same situation you've already been in. Now they're just saying like, we appreciate Wardlow. Well, that's what the pinnacle said too back then. Like that's what MJF said all those years. Like, dude, you're in the same spot you were. I mean, you're going backwards again. And the, all they're talking about is, we're going to help you win the title so you can hand it to Adam Cole when he's ready. Why would anybody sign up for that? It just seems like a weird, why would Wardlow, outside of not liking MJF, why would Wardlow involve himself in this? Unless, unless they can try to use this as a device to turn him babyface again. But the way you'd have to do that would basically be that the rest of this group, Undisputed Kingdom basically tricked Wardlow into being their muscle and then only used him to get the title but didn't actually need him at all. And then they kick him out of the group, I guess. But then you're literally right back to where you were when he turned on MJF originally and trying to rebuild him as a babyface again. And I'll also say this this is going to be the strangest comment I might ever make on this show. I've never seen somebody lose all of their personality based on losing a man bun. I've never seen it happen before. You know what I'm saying? How weird is that? I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, chat. Like, Isn't, is it just me? Like, it's like the dude lost his man bun and all of a sudden, like he just you look generic. I feel like it was like all downhill from the time he lost his man bun. I I, I know that sounds insane, but I feel like, I, I feel like that. I feel like I'm not wrong about that.
3: Cole Roderick's in the chat. One giving out fake news that Bill Belichick to the Panthers is confirmed jensen stud muffin confirmed that that's real news I'll oh get, thanks that, cole but... i
4: love you bro we talk we talk about you all the time man we actually uh call a test here in the interview we're gonna air a little bit later says that he um he learned a lot about you from our show so what's up cole
3: uh maggie is uh very mad at you by the way uh that you're on thin ice you're on hey, thin the, ice hey, the,
4: the funny thing is, there's other people in the chat saying, "Well, he never had personality to begin with." So, <laughs> hey, I'm giving him, the, I'm giving him the credit of like, I'm just saying, man, there was something about the look, like, and then he just like started looking generic. I, I don't,
3: I don't know. I, no listen, one, I no one is Batista. No one slanging no. dick like Batista.
4: <laughs> no, but that's, but that's clearly Jeff Valley Driver. That's clearly the vibes they were going for, though. I'm with you on this. Um, the it was very much Batista and evolution type vibes for a lot of a lot of this presentation um but they 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 fumbled this so many times a lot of it isn't really necessarily his fault i guess it was a presentation like somewhere along the line between losing the man bun and like overdoing it with the powerbomb symphony it just got like really really stale and um i don't know Maggie, let me know. Do you like, do you like more, better right now? Like not just looks like just overall, do you like more, better now or like two years ago? I'm just curious. Cause I know uh, you're a fan
3: of Some super chats. I'm Darby. could always get some old Joe. Okay. With that. I mean, we we've seen that feud, but like they had some really good matches. I was there when Joe won the, the title from Darby, the TNT title. Um, and That was a really good match. Darby's good against like any bigger guy. Cause he's just going to, nearly kill himself bumping and it, they, it makes every, all these guys look like monsters and Samoa Joe's an easy guy to look like a monster uh, when you're Darby Allen uh, and Tommy says, Joe seems natural, nothing forced with him not at all. That's, that's the coolest dude in the room. He walks in and he just presence <clears throat> immediately and, uh, Tommy also says, think hey, that's why the segment ruled because it feels like none of the former champions are trying to be champion. Again, AW has fumbled what they do with former champions. No one was coming for the belt. Yeah. Hangman's like trying to try and think of all the, all the former champions. Hangman's the only one outside of John Moxley. Who's like still in the company and willing to, to go after the belt. Kenny's on the shelf. Punk's gone. MJF's on the shelf. Uh, Jericho is there. And uh Moxley is of course still still around and he's kind of between Japan and uh uh doing new Japan stuff and whatnot right now. But and Moxley could could be coming out there, but Moxley just probably wants a vacation from you the know, mega's side. out. I don't know if you mentioned
4: Kenny, but yeah, Kenny I said, I said also, Kenny was yeah, out. Okay, yeah. so I missed that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah he's out.
3: So too. everybody's kind of kinda the only person who's around outside of Moxley is hangman to go after the belt and I'm all for hangman going after the title, but again, he's he did he did beat Claudio last night, which was a good win. But the last time we saw him in the ring, he lost to he lost to uh I guess he beat Roderick Strong in that one match uh before he got taken out um by the, the devil's men. Uh but before that it was the the loss to to Swerve. So Swerve should be in front of him in the line. I think that's why the crowd hangman got a good reaction when he faced Claudio, but when he came out for the, the segment against Samoa Joe, like I think I'm crazy. The, the crowd was not super into hangman being there when they were seeing that swerve and, and uh Joe face off.
4: Yeah. When I'm with, I'm with all that too. I mean, I, it's, I totally agree that swerve should have already like coming out of the hangman match. Swerve should have already been elevated to like the thing. So the thing with hangman is he was in this weird spot already because he already was the champion They want to keep him like in the main event level, but they also need to elevate new people to become title challengers like Swerve. So Hangman was like a perfect person to do that for Swerve. And I like that Hangman is still in that mix, but it really should have made it clear to where like Swerve is like next in line for the title. Like Swerve shouldn't have had to do the Continental Classic or anything. It should have pretty much just been like Hangman match. Swerve is now if you not think of the next title shot, you know he wrestles Keith Lee. That doesn't, you know, work out because of, you know, he, that, like that, that was that just three Keith moments
3: has passed. Yeah. No,
4: no, 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 no. I'm saying like, I, 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 like I'm talking about what's already happened. Like, you, like you wouldn't have even needed the Continental Classic. You could have went right from Hangman to like whatever the Keith Lee thing was, just to basically kill time because you're trying to get through MJF and Samoa Joe. Or you could have just went, or it could have been swerved to beat MJF if they would have went with him instead of Samoa Joe. They could have maybe figured out a way to do that, I guess, but. I like Smojo as the champion though. So I, I like where we're at, but I guess, I guess at the end of the day, I'm with everybody else where I think Swerve, Swerve shouldn't even be dealing with Hangman at this point. Like it should just be Swerve being focused on the championship.
3: Um, Jeff Feller driver saying, I don't think Hanger is a good guy and intended to look like a petty bitch. Who's all right. So here's, we got to get to a bunch of other topics. Um, but like, who's a babyface then? And And this has been an argument I've had against aew is I don't think they're good at making baby faces. Like, okay, so now you're gonna turn hangman heel. Swerve isn't a baby face. I know he gets like cheered and stuff, but that man, his actions do not say baby face. Samoa Joe, again, he gets cheered. His actions do not say baby face. Like you're just turning everybody heel because all your heels get cheered even though all of their actions don't don't say babyface like-
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it?
3: Darby. All right, Darby and Orange Cassidy. Those are those are two Those are good examples. Sure. Yeah. Those are good examples. Like
4: But that's a, two people on a humongous roster of, of, yeah. of people. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Um and you're not you're not wrong about that. It's a, it's a it's a dangerous game to play. It's a game that I It's a game that I've wanted to see play out though for a long time to be honest. So I've I've always been a pretty big or I shouldn't say always. In recent years I've been a pretty big believer of like that gray area. A there's bite.
3: here's the thing. There's no shades of gray
4: though. Right. There's right. Not. just heels getting cheered. Yeah, I know. What yeah, you're it's heels right.
3: getting cheered. Swerve Strickland breaking into a man's house and threatening a baby is not right. a shades of gray. That's right. a heel. <laughs>
4: I know. I agree with that. I guess. I guess what, what I'm getting at is like the usually what would happen is you you would go heel, you get the cheers, and then it becomes the shades of gray, like the the classic like kind of Steve Austin. So never really changed his character. He started fighting bad guys instead of good guys, but. The, the slippery slope with doing this is like: Does that become just the norm, the norm for your company, where every time you create a great heel who's doing the di- diabolical stuff, they? But because get they're cheered. a good
3: wrestler, yeah, they get right. cheered.
4: And yeah. like that—that is—that is, that is a, a, a like I don't know if paradox is the right word, but it's like it—it it is a—it is a, a long-term problem if that happens consistently. And it is already it is happening right now fairly consistently because you you got to make the decision at that point of either having them wrestle good guy or, or having them wrestle bad guys so that they are kind of de facto baby faces, or you have to turn them baby face, but you it's, it's a dangerous game to play to just let all of your top heels go out there and get baby face reactions because it's going to kill your baby faces.
3: Uh, people are saying like, is it, is it really an issue you can choose to root for? It doesn't necessarily need to be presented to you. I agree with all this. Mm-hmm. I guess my, it's not necessarily an issue. It's all it's almost a concern when it comes to growth. and And that is top baby faces mean more in a company and help a company grow a lot more when you have those guys who are defined. People want to somebody they want someone they can really get behind in a way of like like a Cody Rhodes. You know, they want somebody like a Cody Rhodes who they can just fully get behind like this is our guy no matter what and he's presented in that way the crux of wrestling is good versus evil right that's that's how wrestling that's why hulk hogan is one of the biggest stars ever yeah there's a little okay he might break an eye or or something like that but you know that's your good guy and he's taking on these evil people john cena good versus evil this is professional wrestling good versus evil if you don't have that de facto, like no matter what, this is your good guy, I think it hurts a little bit. That's just my my personal opinion on I, I
4: I understand what you're saying too. And I understand what people in the chat are saying. Like some people and I'm I'm more in the boat of like, I just want good matches, like I don't really care so much. I just want like banger matches on pay-per-view and stuff. And I want the comp but I do want the company to grow. And I and I you are right about that. Like it is incredibly valuable to have a top baby face that is just no matter what is the good guy and it, like nothing can change them they stay the good guy for the company and that also can help grow your audience a lot because you can it it really opens it up especially for like a kid audience now i don't know how how much aw cares about that specifically so that's
3: also another conversation but i mean jeff fellow driver saying this is in the 80s a dated way i'm not even talking i'm talking today with cody rhodes cody rhodes is what? your top baby face he's selling a shit ton of merchandise and WWE is very hot because of it. I know Roman Reigns has as part of that to do, but Roman Reigns is a part-time dude, barely showing up. We got to give Cody a lot of credit for the way he's carried this company uh, when when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I do watch WWE. This is a growth thing as well for AW. I like AW. I, I, I well, part One part has to do with AEW's audience too, because they were literally
4: Cody was doing the same exact thing on AW TV and get boot out of the building. <laughs> so like, you know, choose yeah, your own I, adventure. I,
3: I get you know? aw AEW's audience, they, this is their audience. That's fine. Like if that's, this is where they're at. All I'm saying is maybe I want the company to grow a little bit. I'm sorry if that's wrong of me. I don't think it's wrong at all. Want I, the company I, think, to grow.
4: I think, I think, I think AEW, honestly, if you were to ask Tony Khan right now, in all honesty, I think if you were to, if we had Tony Khan on the show right now, we asked him point blank, would you, would you, or would you, would you rather, or would you rather not have somebody in your company that was something like john cena like like some any anything like john cena as your as a top baby face if he said no i'd get kind of concerned i know that you don't want the WWE comparisons you want people to go in the ring and all this but like i think every company would want at least one guy on their roster who is the ultimate good guy that the kids are behind that the fans can get behind and even if his matches aren't incredible it's it's just something something for like the fans to believe in as a as as a as a beacon of hope and it's like I'm not, I'm not into Star Wars at all, and I might be totally off of these references. Tony Khan like, loves Star Wars. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, I, I don't know hardly anything about it, but like that's a very simple concept in, in, from what I understand. It, it's it's the, the Jedi's or whatever, the, the light versus the dark side. I mean, good guys, bad guys. And that has, ba- that has made... Endless amounts of money, sold endless amounts of merchandise. It's a never-ending fan base. It's humongous, Star Wars, and it's the simplest concept ever: good versus evil. And so you need the good guy. You need a Luke Skywalker. Like you need somebody on your roster who is that guy. And AEW doesn't really have that. WWE is really good about finding those people. And listen, I've lived through the John Cena years of like the the John Cena sucks and all this stuff. And I was right there with y'all. I thought I, I was pissed off and he was beating all my favorite wrestlers, like Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania and all this stuff. And I, I didn't like the in-ring work for the longest time and stuff, but in hindsight, I really, really respect what he was able to accomplish as just the face of that company as a good guy for so long. So I'm with you, Jeremy. I think that it is a valuable thing to have in your company, but also at the same time, AW's audience is definitely different than WWE's audience.
3: It did. A hundred percent is. And look, they cater to their audience and, that's fine like i i like aw's product i like what they do i i do think they have guys who could be in that position like an orange cassidy yeah i think orange cassidy is probably the best example. and same with same with darby as well so they have guys that are like that i wish they would maybe put them more into a world title picture so you have a very nice good versus evil world title story and it is what it is. We're not going to argue about it anymore. We uh, never want really argue about it to begin
4: with. It's just like, it's just opinions. Joe
3: is <laughs> Darby's partner is what I meant. Oh, oh, Joe is Darby's partner? I don't know about that. And uh, I don't I don't know how Joe and Darby work as, as a team. Uh, all right. Um, move on to WWE here. I need to finish the story.
2: In the WWE, the story never finishes
3: drew mcintyre he uh cooked old cm punk there called him out said maybe i'll leave for nine years and then i'll come back and i'll just get everything handed to me cm punk took offense to that cm punk said i never announced myself as a leader even though there's multiple people on records <laughs> walking into a room saying i was a leader <laughs> but you know i led by example and i led by example when i left the company And now I'm going to follow your example by coming back in and working hard and getting what I deserve. And I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and I'm going to toss you out last. And Drew said he's entering the Royal Rumble and now we're going to get McIntyre and Punk at some point in the Royal Rumble interaction, I would imagine. I know you got a lot to say about old Punk and what Drew did to him in this promo.
4: Dude, honestly, I don't know how much I can say or add that like, because Drew really just spoke facts again. And I think CM Punk did a pretty good job for what he could do. But like, it's funny because like Maggie in the chat just said Drew McIntyre, the heel with the point to me, that's Drew McIntyre biggest baby face in the company right now is what, is what I, what I was seeing out there against CM Punk. Um, I loved how he turned the tables on Punk. Like Punk did that, you know, that thing where he like, when he sat up on the top ropes, you know, with his like, like the old Shawn Michaels, I always call it the old Shawn Michaels thing where you like lay on the top rope. He did that, but then McIntyre like did it back to him. Um, and yeah, man, I the thing about CM, or there's a lot of stuff that's unlikable about CM Punk. Y'all know how I feel, but like something that I uh, does no does no one else like. He's the guy who just always got to have the last word. Is that not annoying to anyone else? I don't know. Like it's like he can get out, you go out there and just get cooked, and and he'll always have to be, no matter what. It's always like. Yeah, whatever. It's like, yeah, what are you gonna do? I'll do something about it. And it's like he always has like these little he's always gotta have the last word. Um, and I think everything McIntyre said was uh was accurate and true. Um and when you see those guys face to face, it looks so funny because McIntyre is just huge, and CM Punk's not like a small oh, yeah. guy. Did you see Mc...
3: McIntyre's tweet of like say it to my chest? It's oh, like, I didn't see that, again. but that's—I yeah. did not see that, but that's all I was thinking when so, I was. Seeing I realized McIntyre was huge. Was you look at him next to Roman Reigns? Like Roman Reigns is a big dude, and McIntyre like almost dwarfs Roman Reigns. Yeah,
4: I mean, and it's just funny because it's like all like I'm not, I'm not ignorant either. Right, I'm not stupid to like what's going on on the screen. So like I'm, I know that like. Is, Drew McIntyre isn't going to actually like fight CM Punk in the middle of the ring. I know that that isn't going to happen, but it's just funny how Punk can say stuff on a microphone in front of millions of people to Drew McIntyre's face like, you know, if you want to do something, you know, do something about it, you know, and it's like ugh, it's just so unbelievable to me because I know, because I know the truth. But like but most of the fan base doesn't and this is still cool to them. So it's like I got I just got to always put myself in the in like the shoes of the of the fan base that either is not aware or doesn't care so it's like i don't know i just thought it was i i watched that i thought it was another 10-8 round (laughs) this was 10-8 mcintyre (laughs) i don't know if you can agree with the scoring but i once again it's just like to me everything drew mcintyre said like none of that was heel that was all just the truth and the what's funny is like when you tell the truth to cm punk somehow you become the heel because whatever cm punk's against is like and his fan base is so dedicated that, like, no matter what he says or does, it could be the most lame, boring, generic thing ever. It could be complete lies. You tell me what I'm telling lies and the whole thing's about lies. And they will believe every word. I mean, what I do like about what CM Punk said, though, is he made multiple devil references, which I think is also clearly, you're not sitting there, like, digging at AEW because I don't think he wants, I don't think he wants to continue to be involved in these fights between AEW and WWE fans and stuff, but he's going to do his little wink, wink. I'm CM punk still things. It's and I, him. it's what makes him him true. And it's also why I don't like a lot of his fan base because I think that they're like him and that that kind of stuff's annoying to me, but I, 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 I like that. He, you know, he, you know, he meant him mentioning the devil multiple times. It was not a coincidence. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I just, you know, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Like, do you feel do you feel like McIntyre like clearly won that exchange, or am McIntyre I just won. super biased? Okay. No,
3: I think I think McIntyre won. I, you know, I think we've had this discussion before. I'm I'm a little bit tougher on giving a, a 10-8 round unless I feel it's truly deserved. Um, but I, I thought McIntyre won that, and you know, McIntyre is definitely that shades of gray of like he's a heel. All of his action says heel, but he speaks a lot of truth. And so he, you know, to to the the fan base, like, I guess the AEW fan base, there you go, everybody, he, he would be a baby face. He would get a lot of cheers because they like Drew McIntyre and they like what he's saying when it comes to this stuff. Uh, I think Punk is trying to be a baby face. Um, so he's you know, he's just going to get cheered based on his return and everything. But I, I think Drew got him on this I did love I absolutely loved when McIntyre was like you come in you announce yourself as the leader and Punk's like never did that it's like Dude, there are multiple did. people who said yeah that this. there I, are so many stories these stories yeah maybe everyone yeah. hasn't but I know I do know of this
4: and when people describe it it isn't just like CM Punk mentioned he was a locker room re- leader it's stories about like CM Punk tried calling meetings and people just wouldn't show up and would yeah. laugh in his face because he because <laughs> nobody viewed him as a locker room leader like that's yeah it's, oh I don't know. But once again, it's so easy to like. His fan case is his fan base is so dedicated that they're gonna be blinded that it doesn't matter. He can say and do whatever he wants, they're gonna believe it, and oh, that's, that's that, that and that's a powerful that's power like that and that's what I respect that And like, for no other reason. I respect CM Punk for that. Like that that's got to be quite the feeling to like be able to say and do whatever you want. And burn all these bridges and stuff, but still come off like the good guy over and over again. It's wild. Um, So,
3: uh, Tommy says, "Drew and Punk ruled. Love that Drew was the face." <laughs> and Tommy yeah. also says, "Authentic Drew is number one face material. Don't know why Drew isn't or whatever a champion yet. Hopefully, after Mania, I feel like he's been fumbled hard since 2020. I don't know if he's been fumbled." um because he's always been like in a in like a big picture spot whether it's even like intercontinental title against gunther world title like he's always been a big part of the show do i think he should have won the title at that wrestlemania with half fans uh against lashley yes i do think he should have won the title there um i i thought he was gonna win the title last week at day one i thought he might have a short reign with it he he loses it back to rollins at royal rumble that obviously didn't happen I don't know what the contract situation is with uh with drew you know according to reports it's supposed to be up pretty soon uh during the first half of the year and then um you know he had, according to reports he hasn't resigned yet so we will see if he eventually does resign but drew's gonna be in a big spot for for uh for the time being so we'll see
4: with, good with- and he 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 should have a big spot drew mcintyre's I'm a big fan and not just because of this promo. Like I, I, I respected the, like he was one of the first guys that was a, a good example of kind of the Cody what became kind of the Cody blueprint of like, like Cody quit the WWE. that was a little bit different, but you know, Drew got let go, but he well, didn't like.
3: Uh, Drew has even said that like people, when they release people, they'll like go pull a Drew McIntyre of like, you get released, go out, work really hard put on 50 pounds of muscle right. and, and return.
4: Yeah. That transformation was gnarly, but he's kept the muscle on. So there, you know, that's, there's something to be said about that. But I, but no, that's because like my, my point with him being let go is also like, he could have easily at that point been like, man, this isn't for me. Like I was the chosen one. I started basically on, I mean, I you know he had the the run in the UK prior, but like on the Indies, but like the Indies were also a lot different back then. And I think, it's, I think it's just really cool that he went out and he reinvented himself and he got like he got a lot better at his craft. And of course, you know, he did put on a lot of muscle, similar to Jinder Mahal, which we don't really have to get into him today too much. We talked a little bit about that kind of at the beginning of the show. But Jinder Mahal did the same thing. He left and he got huge and he came back and became the champion. Um, so that, that aside, the getting huge part aside, I think there's a lot to be said about the hard work outside of the WWE and the, to the company noticing that you really, really care. And like you getting an even better chance when you come back. Cause McIntyre, when he, when he left, he was in a real rut and the three man band stuff was really going nowhere and all this stuff. And then they were more of like a comedy thing at that point. And then, um, you know, by the time he comes back, he's totally reinvented. He gets a run with an NXT. It goes really well. Like I think he's done really well for himself, with the main roster. And he's very believable. Like he's a huge dude. He's athletic. He's good in the ring. He's good on the microphone. He's from a you know him being uh, like Scottish, Scottish, right? That's technically, yeah. That he he like it's a different like you know I like that you got like a different accent. You got like you, you're pulling an audience from a different part of the world. Like it's it's cool and it's valuable to have people that are like just different, you know. And I think that Drew McIntyre is super talented and different. That's like a win, win, win across the board. And he's great in the ring. So I think that, I think that everyone's right in here. That's saying like, you know, Drew McIntyre deserves more. Um, listen, I've said this before too. When during the pandemic, Drew McIntyre deserves more credit than probably anybody in the wrestling business. That dude went out there as the champion of this company in front of no fans, without the adrenaline of having the fans there and put on some of the hardest hitting best matches you can, you could have done in the WWE system while he was the champion and that probably hurt really bad without having the people out there being able to cheer and all this and for for no other reason he does deserve another run with that title being their top guy at some point because he never really got it in front of fans and that that is unfair because he put in serious work for that company during the pandemic so and he still continues to put on the high level work to this day so
3: uh Tommy saying Drew and that exchange with Punk was better faced than Seth has been. His exchanges with Punk, Drew should be built around. I I think Drew is a top guy in any company he yep. is is part of. I don't know what the future holds for Drew McIntyre, past Rumble, Mania. Um, you know, we shall see in, yep. in that case. Um, my WWE spotlight Roman Reigns has three challengers Randy Orton, AJ Styles. L a night, yeah, yeah, four way match. yeah, now, baby, no longer. Th- well, actually, he is still a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a threat. He still is he's technically got match. a world title shot match. before Cody does. He could theoretically the win at the Royal Rumble. There are some people incorrectly theorizing. I know where you're going with this. All right. that mm-hmm. This is how Roman loses the title, loses to Orton. Yeah, or in pins AJ Styles Or something like that Like, There are some people who think This might happen I think all of you are wrong I think this is uh, This is Roman Stacking three dudes <laughs> And getting them the hell out of his way On his way to the Rocket Mania On his way to the Rocket Mania um, Yeah he's facing so, the Rocket Mania brother Yeah uh,
4: Cody, 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 Cody. Um, so the theory is that you're laying out is essentially this, and I'll I'll lay it out for other people that might not be caught up because there I have seen some some traction to this idea which if if we weren't a thousand plus days into Roman Reigns' title run, this scenario actually makes a ton of sense, but because we're at where we're at, I don't see it happening, but like it could. And if it does happen, I'm going to be super and different in a lot of ways. So the theory is that Randy Orton would pin LA Knight or AJ Styles to win the championship at the Royal Rumble. So now the title's off Roman. Orton would be the champion going to the WrestleMania and It would be Cody Rhodes versus Randy Orton for the world for the WWE Championship, and that's how Cody would finish the story because of the history between Cody and Orton with Evolution, with them being his mentor, with Cody bringing bringing Orton back to WWE for the War Games match and everything. And it would be Cody beating it be Cody beating Randy Orton at WrestleMania for that title, and then you'd have the Rock and Roman non title WrestleMania WrestleMania also. That's the um,
3: Are that's you- the. Are you satisfied as a Cody fan with this? I'm,
4: I'm like 50% satisfied with it. I'm uh. like half, half staffed at the idea of that, but see the, the full, the, the, the full is like, cause and this is the reason that's so important that I mentioned the whole thousand days plus thing, because it would be such a massive fumble by this company. If they wasted Roman Reigns losing this title, on somebody else taking the pin and getting that title off of them. Like somebody, even if it isn't Cody, obviously y'all know a I think it should be, but even if it isn't Cody, even if it's LA Knight, then complete, honestly, somebody, somebody needs to be the one to pin Roman Reigns one-on-one definitively and get that rub. So, I gotta, I mean, I gotta stand strong and say that, you know, Roman's gonna retain it the Royal rumble. I hadn't considered him stacking all three of these guys, but I think that's possible. He stacked two of them. Was it at WrestleMania when he stacked Brian yeah, and, and Edge? Yeah, Brian and Edge. So, um, I mean, I could actually see that maybe. Um, but here's the thing what WWE is gonna do a great job of during that match is they're gonna make me believe multiple times that it's over. Like I'm going to get to the point. I can even go into this match thinking like there's no way Roman Reigns is losing, which is pretty much where I'm at. Cause I don't think they'll have him lose heading into WrestleMania. Like I think he'll be defending the title at WrestleMania, but if, if WWE can get, and I think that they will, cause they're really good at this there will be multiple times in this match where I'm like, Oh my God, LA Knight's about to win the title. Oh my God. AJ Styles about to win the title. Oh my God. Randy Orton's about to do it. Like, I, I think they're going to actually get me to that spot a few times where I really believe someone else might have a chance. And that's all I can really ask for, honestly. Um, and I'm, and I'm cheering for Roman Reigns at this point. Like I want Roman Reigns. I shouldn't say at this point, I've been cheering for Roman Reigns to retain every match since last WrestleMania. Like after Cody lost, I've been, hopefully I'm just trying to get back to Cody and Roman. So Cody can have this moment, but, uh, Anyway, that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with, though with, with it. I think that Roman retains, but I have seen the theories and I understand the concept behind the theory of Orton winning and then Orton and Cody at Mania.
3: I, I think Roman's winning. I don't, you can't take the title off of Roman in this way. It just, it's gotta be a one-on-one match. It's gotta be as clean as you can be, uh, in, in this type of match. Um, Given Roman's reign at this point. I agree. It it can't be no four-way, three-way nonsense. Somebody else getting pinned, nonsense. That can't be the way this reign ends. I think Roman's winning. I think he's facing the Rocket Mania. And then where they go from there with Cody. I don't know. I don't care about Cody. Who cares? Uh
4: Cody got his chance at WrestleMania 41, maybe.
3: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe Punk will will be be in the picture for WrestleMania 41. Cody might have to wait till 42. Maybe MJF, to to, maybe MJF comes the. Maybe MJF comes to be. Mm. He faces Roman Reigns at 41. Dude, Cody's gonna get boxed out completely, isn't he? The story's never getting finished. He's got to work on his rebounding skills. He needs to learn a swim move to get out of the box. Good luck, yeah. To Cody. Good
4: yeah. Luck to Cody. <laughs> I'm talking about Cody next week. I'm sure. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle.
3: It's a big weekend in the world of professional wrestling. We have TNA Hard to Kill. The TNA rebrand is officially back, baby. It is TNA Wrestling once again. That starts this weekend. I know it's basically back at this point, but it officially starts on January 13th. And we have um, New Japan Battle in the Valley, headlined by Will Ospreay against Kazuchika Okada. We got John Moxley and Shingo Takagi on that show, Eddie Kingston and Gabe Kidd on that show as well. It's a big, big show between these two things. What, what sticks out to you, Jensen, between those two shows?
4: Um, well, so uh, for TNA hard to kill, I'll be doing the post show, um, on Saturday night. I'll be myself, Crest the star and Joel Pearl and Joel, we're getting the logistics figured out, because Joel will be at the show as well. But, uh, just a heads up for everybody who wants to tune in. I, I love doing the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I love doing the, the impact and now TNA again, uh, post shows for the pay-per-views so um join us for that on saturday night um and more so than anything that honestly like any of the actual matches i'm most just kind of excited for just the rebrand of tna in general just like the buzz that i hope this, this generates um the energy that i think the that i've seen from the the people on the tna roster people seem to be really really positive like um when they were they've been handing out the new championships that, with the tna branding on them and the, and the people getting the belt seem like genuinely excited like you know i a lot of the people that are currently on the roster either wrestled for the original tna or were like fans of the original tna like they didn't really want to be impact but like tna is cool like and it's synonymous with aj styles and all this stuff and that's speaking of aj i think it would be really really cool because I, I, one one thing that I don't know is like what kind of surprises we'll get on the show. I'm sure that people will show up and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like get my hopes up that AJ is going to show up and on TNA hard to kill. But I just want to put out there that like, I think that they're because wrestlers for WWE have sent in like videos, like while under contract for, for big shows and, and stuff for TNA or impact in the past. I think that there's a chance maybe in the future. So like, Maybe not, not necessarily that AJ will like wrestle, but like maybe some of these old TNA wrestlers that are in other companies, maybe they're allowed to make an appearance, just like say hi, like you're just say what's up to the fan base. Like just acknowledge like the TNA is back. Like just because I don't think TNA is like a threat to the WWE. If anything, I think it's going to become more of like a partnership at some point. It's just a feeling I've got like, and, and anyway, my, but I will say as far as like the thing I'm looking forward to the most, honestly, there's a few like really, really good matches on here um, on, on hard to kill. Um, the w- one that I'm, I'm indifferent on that we talked about before. I think Jordan Grace is going to win the the knockouts title from Trinity. Cause it's pretty clear. It sounds like Trinity is going to go back to the WWE. Um, Jordan though should have been using this call your shot championship gauntlet thing to call out. It should be Jordan Grace versus Alex Shelley, in my opinion on this show. For the uh, for the TNA championship, especially because Jordan Grace pinned Bully Ray to win the Gauntlet. Like, but I also understand like if Trinity's on the way out, Jordan Grace is the best woman I think to but be Moose, the champion.
3: Yeah, but, I mean Moose has Moose won the Feaster fired. Yeah, Feaster fired. Yeah,
4: they've got multiple things that basically mean the same thing going on right now in the, in the company, which they need to figure out too, I guess. But 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 so but you're not wrong though. I I mean I get that, but. I think that Chris Saban versus the King over Kushida will probably be like the best match on the show, just like straight up wrestling match, but I'm really looking forward to the tag, the tag team title match with uh Bay and Austin versus the rascals versus uh speedball and Trent seven versus grizzled young Bets. Like that's going to be really good. Um, and I mean, Alex Shelley, I love as the TNA champion. I hope he holds onto the belt and, uh, retains over moose, but, um, so yeah, just kind of, some kind of surface level thoughts on that. I, I, I did give full predictions on the weekender for the show, but, um, I'm hoping that this TNA rebrand just is a real shot in the arm because I think there's been a lot of positive feedback so far from the people on the roster and the fan base. People seem to be really excited about this and an impact already gets a lot of buzz for their, for their like four pay-per-views a year, the wrestling world pays attention. And I think that'll be even more so now because of people being interested in seeing what the TNA rebrand really looks like on pay-per-view. So I'm, I'm personally, I know I'm a little biased because I'm reviewing the show and I'm excited, but like, I am excited as a fan of the original TNA of the original Asylum Days in Nashville and stuff like this. This is cool that they're trying to, to do this. did oh, you, see Jeremy?
3: Oh yeah. I think it froze for a second. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. Everybody is very excited for the, the TNA branding and... It's got nothing but positive feedback. We've had some TNA people on in the weeds, and they're all very excited uh, for it. And you know, the the uh, bad reputation, the stink on the name—it's been enough time now. That was many regimes ago to where it seems to be gone. You know, they'll bring it back, like Okada for the tapings. Osprey is going to be at the tapings. The the partnership with New Japan seems to be on good terms, so it's a good thing. I'm looking forward to the show not having really any television build for the show is a choice um because they just ran a bunch of specials in these past few weeks so that that has made me a little less excited it's basically it's a big reset show almost because again they've had no television to to build this up any build was months ago it's just like okay moose gets a title shot jordan grace gets a title shot Here's Kashida and Vikingo. They're just getting a title shot. Knockouts, ultimate next cool. Josh Alexander, Alex Hammerstone, I'm really looking forward to. I that think really that'll be good. be good. I think Hammerstone might have a future in TNA if he decides that's where he wants to go. Um, like, there's good matches on the show. It's just there hasn't been any build because they haven't done any television, uh, but it should be a really good show. And then New Japan, Battle in the Valley. I mean, look, we're getting Osprey and Okada maybe for the last time in a long while. Um, Osprey finishes with new Japan in February. I think he's, I think February 11th is his last, uh, last new Japan show. Um, it's a cage match, which should be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's his last new Japan show. We don't know what Okada is going to do. There hasn't been much, you know, his contract reportedly expired, um, with, uh, with new Japan this month, but there hasn't been real, real any update on okada and where he may or may not go so that makes me believe he's probably sticking around with new japan because i feel like if it was a WWE thing or if it was an AEW thing thumbs up uh for or if it was an AEW thing we'd hear a little bit more on that kind of like we did with osprey it was a little bit more vocal the reporting the fact that we haven't heard anything about okada makes me believe he's probably just sticking with new japan i think tanahashi being the president it's a big also yeah. was a big part of that as well um so yeah the fact that um this could be the last osprey nokata match for for a little while is a big deal it's happening in america moxley and shingo that's going to be awesome eddie kingston gabe Kidd, i think that's going to be a great match as well so it'll be a good new japan battle in the valley show anything you like from that show jensen
4: yeah, everything you mentioned. I mean, that's cool. They're doing a, a cage match with Okada and Osprey. That's something different. No, no, no. The
3: cage match is Osprey. That's his last New Japan match. It's February eleventh uh, oh, in Japan. It's okay. United Empire against uh, Bullet Club War Dogs.
4: Ooh, okay, gotcha. I got confused there when you mentioned that cage match because I hadn't heard anything about that being a cage match. Okay, gotcha. Um, Well, that's cool that they're you know. I mean, I'm always gonna be down for Osprey and and uh, and Okada. Those two guys rule. um, Takagi and Moxley. That'll be that'll be badass. Um, I think that you're totally right about. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the the Tanahashi, um, Tanahashi being the president of New Japan is going to be key for a lot of a lot of future signings. I think that that was a big part. Because I we even said it the other week. I was like, I have no idea, honestly, one way or another, what Tanahashi's like business background is or anything like that. But I think at the very least, him being in that position it's going to help people who are on the fence about whether or not they want to stay with new Japan. If you got a good relationship with Tanahashi, like you're going to want to stay with, with your guy, you know, and he's going to, he's going to probably do right by you if you stay. Um, so I think that's, that's massive. And I think it's, I think it's the truth to be, is we're seeing, we've seen a lot of like big exits from new Japan over the last couple of years. And maybe some of those people don't leave if, if Tanahashi is in charge, you know, who knows? So, um, so yeah, no, that's, you know that's kind of all I can really add to that at the moment, but um, should be some really good matches.
3: Yeah, uh, it's going to be a late show. I don't think it starts till like ten o'clock Eastern. That's unfortunate. It's going to be a it's going to be a long, long night. There's Battle of the Belts, AW, that night as well. There's obviously Collision. There's an NWA show that people probably don't know about. I Completely forgot about that.
2: That's EC three. Like,
3: that's EC three oh, Cardona in a death match.
4: Oh I, uh, but they, they're rephrasing it like a match of death or something. They're calling it like something a little bit different because ET T three sure. technically chose the match or whatever. Yeah, no, no I know. I forgot that, that was <sighs> that, that was coming up.
2: Mostly it's had their hard.
4: like four part like return to Robarts stuff they just did. It's so confusing. Fuck <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, no, I that's that's cool. We can we can move on. I got I got some some stuff
3: to talk about before we get out of here. All right, let's hit up the indie spotlight. I'm gonna give a
2: big motherfucking shout out.
3: Andy spotlight Jensen. I know you wanted to spotlight Jay and silent Bob getting major bendies from the, the Matt Cardona brand.
4: I did. I know this sounds like a random topic just to spotlight, but as y'all know, I'm a big action figure and memorabilia and autograph collector. You can't really see it right here. Cause I'm in my living room right now, but I'm still in the process of redoing my office. Cause I've got so much stuff to move around, but in the collection never stops growing but I am a big fan of Cardona and Myers and smart Mark and all those guys that are involved over there at the major wrestling figure podcast and their, their action figure line. And I'm a big fan of the, the WWF bendums from back in the day. I have the majority of the original set. They made a ton of them, but um, I used to buy them back in the day. out of like big lots and stuff like that. Cause they were like pretty inexpensive wrestling figures that I could kind of afford back when I was in like middle school and high school and that kind of stuff. And, um, and some of them have like some real value now, especially the ones from like the later series. And anyway, I, w- I, w- I was always a big fan of those, those Ben, those WWF bendoms And I still collect them to this day. Like if there's one that I know I don't have, most of the ones I don't have now are like super rare and valuable. Like and they're too expensive. Like the Taz and the Too cool and stuff. They're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, like $800. I think was the last time I saw like a Taz go or something, but the, 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 um, Cardone and those guys with the major wrestling pod—they brought back the Bendem line, like their own version of it, called the Major Bendies. And they've—they've been licensing, like you know, themselves of course, but other wrestlers have been a part of this line, like Danhausen and stuff, and some of the other people that are like peripheral or a part of like their YouTube channel and stuff have gotten their own Bendies. And I had heard them mentioning recently how to basically stay tuned because they were going to be branching out to maybe more than just wrestling. And I was interested to know what they meant by that. And then the other day on social media, I saw announcements from, from the major bros and also from Kevin Smith himself talking about and showing that they're doing Jan, Sal, and Bob uh, major bendies, which is awesome. They're going to be clerks versions, which is for those of you who don't know, some of my favorite movies in the world are Clerks, Mallrats, Jason on Bob Strike Back. That whole that whole Viewist universe, I was a really big fan of. You know, I watched, seen them all Dogma, Chasing Amy, all of them, right? But <clears throat> the ones that I really, really loved, and the ones that I still watch often to this day, are Clerks and Mallrats. I still watch those two movies like pretty often. Um, and so I think it's really, really cool that they're that Major Bendis is making Clerks Bendums. And on top of that, a big reason why I wanted to make this my spotlight is because. I think people should just be paying attention to what the major bros are doing with their action figure lines in general, because even if you're not just a fan of pro wrestling, they're starting to, to branch out into other, other like fandoms and they're real fans themselves of this stuff. So like they're, pro- I'm saying I I'm, I promise you I'm not like endorsed or sponsor by them to like promote their products, but I'm just saying like as somebody who purchases, their products and stuff like that. Like they're high quality. They're made by real fans. Like they're real Like Cardona. He's like the, the top like collector out there. Like he's one of, he's one of us. So he wants to put out cool products that are good quality that other fans actually want to buy and like get signed at, 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 at autograph signings and stuff like that. So um, I just want to give them a big shout out today. Like I thought it was really cool. I had no idea that they were working on something with Kevin Smith and Jason Muse for, uh, for clerks figures for Dan Silent Bob. And I hope that we get Mallrats figures. I hope we get um, figures for other for other, you know, movies and stuff like that that I don't really get stuff for. Like I just think that's really cool that they're thinking outside of the box and thinking like fans. And uh so yeah, go go support what they're doing. It isn't just the major bendies, they got the big rubber guys, which are like the throwback LJN figures. They got a whole bunch of stuff. Um they're 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 marketing machines and they're also. It's also the main reason why whenever people start getting behind the hype train of like Cardona back to WWE, Cardona back to WWE. I'm always thinking, like, maybe in some capacity, I could see it, maybe, but he has so much good stuff going on outside the WWE, where like it's sort of it probably gets murky, where like he has his own action figure line. Like that's gonna compete with Mattel, which you know what I mean. Like WWE, like, so there's there's conflict of interest in some of this stuff. So just so y'all kind of know, Cardona and Myers and Smart Mark and the people over there at the major the major pod, they're making some really really huge moves, and these are expensive moves. It is incredibly expensive to get in the action figure manufacturing game. So they're and they're doing it the right way, it seems. So I just want to give them some credit today because I I really like what they're doing, and I can't wait for these J and
3: Silent Bob figures. I'm definitely gonna pre-order them. I'm not the figure collector. That you are. Um, I do like James and Bob, but I'm not the figure collector you are. The, the point you mentioned about Cardona. Um, yeah, I think if he's going to go back to WWE, they're going to have to do a lot of concessions of what he can continue to do. Because the figure stuff is obviously very important to him. And I don't think he's just going to give that up to just be in WWE again. So is long- I think that would be the biggest thing when it comes to Cardona like if he can continue to do that he'd probably be like yeah sure I'll come I'll come back like if that's what you guys want and if he can be Cardona and probably not be Zack Ryder again kind of like uh Cody gets his whole whole persona means WWE but I think that'd be the biggest thing because why would you give that up when that's probably paying you more than WWE might pay you
4: I mean overall at least Cardona is saying himself that yeah, overall he's making more money right now than he was when he worked for the WWE. yeah and, that, and that's not all just action figure money you know that's a combination of all of his revenue streams and his actual wrestling and merchandise and stuff but like i mean there's plenty of, there's i mean and this i don't want to like you know speak for other people but there's other wrestlers too it's a whole other conversation in a rabbit hole where we don't have to go down but like i mean there's wrestlers like effie for instance that are like are really really great at marketing themselves they have like the, the twitch revenue the merchandise revenue they get paid well for their bookings they they do great with their signings and their merchandise i think effie has even been like a cartoon character and like a like a netflix show and stuff like that like there's like like and i'd imagine if you went to the wwe he'd be like you know learning three quarter rolls and setting up the ring for a while and in, in orlando and you know what i mean like it wouldn't so it's like you know there's obviously a like a, a seesaw and like a trade-off to this like you could become a multi-millionaire, huge superstar eventually maybe in that system, but you also might have something great going on for you right now. Where like, why even, why do that? Like you're your own boss and you, you love the life you're living. So why change that? You know? So, um, so this is something, this is more food for thought for people. Like sometimes when like your favorite wrestlers aren't getting signed and you're getting upset at companies or whatever over it, sometimes like the wrestler themselves is just totally happy with their current situation and doesn't want to sign anywhere. I just want to throw that out
3: there too. Yeah. And we'll see if, yeah, you know, maybe Cardona just comes back and does a Rumble spot, and then yeah, be cool. He just comes back to, oh, radio hits, crowd pops, then he continues the the indie run. That's always very possible. Uh My indie spotlight is Mustafa Ali. His big world tour campaign. He's going to be at GCW this weekend. Uh, he's wrestling Gringo Loco, uh Chicago Friday night. He he wrestled in France. Uh, he's already had a bunch of big matches announced uh, including matches against like the speedball mike bailey uh he's coming to defy he's he's working basically everywhere at this point i and i think that ali is also going to based on like the vignettes and some of the promos he's done and the tweets and stuff i think he's going to kind of introduce an element of storytelling to the indies that isn't always there where it's like you know a lot of times is just cool match cool match cool match I think Ali is going to give you the cool matches, but with a more of a story element to it, and I'm really looking forward to what he's going to do. Again, he's already wrestled one match. Uh, I believe it was APC. I, I I feel bad that I forgot the the name of it. Um, but in 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 France, he he wrestled that 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 match is available on YouTube. By the way, everyone can uh, can check it out. Um, yeah, it was APC. Um, yeah. that was his first match back, and he cut a promo afterwards. It was it was against uh I I O Blanque Blanc. It's a French name. I probably screwed that up. I apologize. Um, but he did that match. Now he's back in the U.S. and he's working a bunch of U.S. matches. Uh, I'm looking forward to what Ali is going to gonna do um, do coming up. Yeah,
4: for sure. I mean, especially the GCW match with Gringo Loco. That's in Chicago. So, I mean, I'm sure you all know uh, Mustafa Ali from Chicago. Huge for that scene. Helped train a lot of like today's... Uh, wrestlers are or, or trained along with them from that area. And Gringo Loco is from that area as well. He's a Chicago guy. So this is like a big matchup for that, for that area in GCW, which in my opinion is the biggest independent promotion in the world. So um, I like that a lot. And and the the storytelling element that you're talking about, I think is, is pretty cool too. Cause I mean, obviously in like GCW, you can do that if you're consistently appearing, but I think what you're talking about and what I think he's going to do is more, across all companies and across social media, like the character and some of maybe the feuds and, and friendships and stuff he has, maybe he'll do a better job of like kind of (coughs) intertwining all of that throughout his indie run. Like he'll maybe be able to do a better job of, especially because he has such a big social media following, like, um, you know, compared to most independent wrestlers, you know, a lot of, a lot of people follow in social media and are huge fans of his. And he has the fan base of people, that feel like he was underutilized in the WWE that have been behind him rallying and are like really ready for him to get a real chance. And they're, they're, they're going to support him big time. So I think that, uh, I think that because of all those reasons, he'll be able to really hype up certain matches, certain feuds, and maybe carry stories in his character along uh, to different companies and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, he's a great, he's a great in ring wrestler. He's fantastic in the ring. Um, and i I think he's a very likable guy. He cuts good promos. Um, the stuff that he used to film with Craig Mitchell was Craig Mitchell behind the camera. A lot of people don't know that, but a lot, a lot of those like uh like vigilante promos he used to do where he'd like go around the streets of Chicago, like kind of like policing the streets and helping like helping people out. Like a lot of those were filmed by Craig Mitchell initially. And like those guys, like I think like the vision of that was really cool, the presentation. I think it really helped Ali get a push in the WWE. Um, so I think between the the cool storytelling you can do, the cool videos, I think that they're going to shoot um, and all that. I think I think you're totally right. I think that it's going to it's going to be a really successful indie run, uh, really successful run outside the WWE in general for Ali. And he's, of course, going to have options in other major companies like he's going to have plenty of options. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see what he does. And in the meantime, at the very least, I know he's got some banger matches like him and Gringo Loco is going to be incredible. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it.
3: Um, Jensen, I know you got to run. I want to just hit these super chats. Tommy says, Shout out special on FIFO. Appreciate you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Always appreciate you. Uh, and then Tommy also says, Apparently, Joe is down to help defend tag belts. Okay, that, that's what you meant by Darby and Joe teaming. And then, uh, where does Tama, Tama Tonga land? Yeah, it seems like he's finishing up with New Japan. It feels like it's WWE. Like, I that's they've had opinion. an interest in him. It, it seems like it makes the most sense, honestly. But we, we shall see. Jensen, you got to go. Let everybody know where they can find you at.
4: Yes. And by the way, I agree. I think Tom and Tonga will wind up in the WWE as well. Um You can find me on X at fight talk, underscore f i g h t t a l k underscore. Use code fight, talk and independent wrestling.tv and listen to the fightful select weekend or podcast. That's usually on Sundays, sometimes on Mondays this week. It'll probably be on Monday. Cause I'm off work on Monday for MLK. So I'll probably um, I'll be up late doing the review for impact. Oh, sorry. We're into that too. Impact or TNA, uh, hard to kill review, post-show review uh, on the main YouTube Fightful channel, myself, Crystal star and Joel Pearl. Um, I'll be up late watching wrestling and doing a review for that. I'll probably take Sunday off to just chill and watch football. And then um, I will probably record the weekender on a uh, Monday afternoon. So, uh, subscribe to FightfulSlate when you want to listen to the Weekender podcast. Talk about the world of independent professional wrestling. And I hope you enjoyed this interview with myself, Jeremy, and year. It was really, really fun. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go clock in for the shoot job. Hopefully, by next Thursday, I have some good news to tell you all about this promotion. And if not, uh, we'll start the uh, the campaign to uh, to do something about it. We're gonna
3: Thursday. we're gonna storm. <laughs> we're storming. We're storming the offices, baby all right enjoy enjoy your day um thank you as always guys let's get into it our creator spotlight contest here from fightful and WrestleZone. here we go
4: welcome to the creator spotlight here on fightful i am stephen jensen joined as always by jeremy lambert and our guest today is a senior editor at wrestlezone.com and a writer here at fightful he is colin tessier colin thanks for joining us man how you doing
5: I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. I was tell both you guys, a big fan of the show. I listen every week, so it's really cool to be on. Oh, sorry to hear
3: that. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> that you spend your time listening to to us. I, you have better things to do on Thursday. I know technically, like you have Thursday off. Like you gotta you gotta do better things with your your life on Thursday. To listen, I
5: was to. I was just gonna say like that's a testament. <laughs> Thursday is one of my few days off, and I choose to spend part of that time listening to you guys. So it goes wow. to show you that uh, you got a good thing going.
3: Again, that, that just means you got to do something better with your Thursdays, man.
5: Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I
4: disagree. <laughs> I think
3: you're spending your Thursday is great. Um, what's your favorite thing about our show, Colin? <laughs> just put us over.
5: <laughs> I, I always like, it's very balanced. So like you got the WWE, the AEW spotlight other, which is fair, right? It's not going to always talk about TNA or new Japan. Like it varies like that and then Independence. And like, for me, because I'm, I'm always covering the, the, the WWE, et cetera. I don't always get to like watch as much independent stuff, so having you guys talk about that keeps me kind of at least somewhat in the loop. Whereas otherwise, I'd be going off of GIFs on Twitter and and anything else that happens to get a little traction, and 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 you know maybe maybe the odd GCW show that I do actually watch here and there. So it's <laughs> it's just it's a nice range, and then like you, I like how you you guys do have different opinions a lot of the time, and you, you align with some with some things, but it's just, it's always good. I like
4: it we appreciate that i think the honestly the most rewarding aspect of our show outside of maybe like the interview portion because it's really cool being able to like spotlight people like yourself like other people in the media space or independent wrestlers promoters like i really get a lot of enjoyment out of like the interview portion but outside of that like the main thing that i at least hear and i think jeremy does too like when we go to like independent shows or conventions or whatever a lot of it is about like that we're just covering independent wrestling at all like that we're, like we're just giving any kind of platform to it so i appreciate you saying that man i'm glad that you know you like the balance that we have on the show and you're all, you are a long time viewer i mean I, I you may have been watching like our first show because i remember you you talking to me about that around the time we started it so i'm very happy that you're able to come on you have so much going on for us to talk about for you to be on the show it's great
5: yeah i appreciate it. like you were saying like not even just talking about the wrestling, but like I remember. One of your first interviews with like Cole Roderick, like I would not get to hear like an independent wrestler talk about life, like at all. And then you guys feature these guys and just the talent in general, uh, what do we every week, whether it's independent wrestling or if it's creator spot, like whatever it might be, it's just cool to be able to see what people are doing, uh, in, in various ways. So it's, I really, I really like that.
3: All right. Well, you don't have to put us over anymore. Uh, Colin, uh, let's let's jump right into it. How did you get started into this wrestling media space of nonsense that we were all in?
5: So it's always, it's funny to look back now. Um, I was a, I started as a journalism major in college and hated it. Uh, (laughs) so I switched to writing, uh, just general writing. And then I started writing for the newspaper and I had initially, I loved wrestling when I was a kid and then stopped watching for several years. I think I gave up around like 2015-ish, something like that, and just totally walked away. And then I randomly, one night I was home and caught from like when I break in college and I I turned on TV and it was Raw. This was the very, very end of 2018, which was not a good time to check out WWE Raw. Uh, But something something did it. I was like, oh, we're back. So I, I started watching it again and I started watching every WWE show at that point. Because uh, what really there was undoubtedly I guess an impact at that point um and then very shortly after that like I think February of 2019 WrestleZone was hiring and me being a writing major not knowing what I was doing with my life I was like hey that would be cool because I actually read WrestleZone when I was a kid so I was like, that, that's kind of a cool like full circle thing uh so I started very very minimum I think I had a shift on like Sunday and Monday night I was covering Raw partially covering Raw uh, and then just kind of climbed up from there. And that's kind of what started.
4: Nice. So journalism major, but you worked, uh, like that's actually, I, I can relate to that. I, I worked like my school newspaper and college, uh, school radio. That's actually how I kind of got started doing this as well. Like this is back in like 2006 or 2010. So it's been a while I think a lot of things have changed. I'm curious, like. Is there any? Because back when I was in school, we didn't really have. I, I literally used to get laughed at even for mentioning that I wanted to cover something like mixed martial arts. Like no joke. Like you'd go around the room in in like my sports ma- management classes, and you'd be like, everyone's saying like I want to cover you know MLB, NHL, NFL, and they're saying all this stuff, and I'm like I want to cover the UFC and like I, I love you know WWE at the you know, like and like people would literally laugh at me because it was like what are you talking about? You can't. Now there's actually like kind of a lane for that. Like in, in college, are there other people that you would come across that were interested in covering like combat sports?
5: It's funny, cause like I was in journalism and I I wanted to cover football, I thought, and then they would, wouldn't let you do that until you were a senior. So I was a freshman, so I was covering women's volleyball and basketball and then no, no knock against that, but that's not what I wanted to do. So then that's kind of one of the reasons why I switched and then I started writing. I was actually doing more of like film review entertainment. And that roughly segued into wrestling somehow. But I I also, I don't talk to people. So I don't know if anyone else like wanted to do that. Like, I don't know if that was a thing. But like, like you mentioned, even when I started, that was called 2016. And even back then, there wasn't really as much of a, a viable kind of avenue to do that. It really was kind of like your big sports and maybe some of your other like oddball ones and then i think it's been the last couple of years uh where you've really seen more of a, a media kind of uh you know i of, mean of more of a more of a viable kind of chance to do that w- whether it's you know writing or like if it's a magazine or whatever it might be like that's been more of a recent thing at least i think yeah i'm oh, sorry go ahead jeremy i'll follow up oh
3: here. i was just gonna say so so with wrestle um what did you what were you starting off doing there you mentioned some news and then raw and then working your way up at wrestle
5: yeah. So I was in college. So I didn't at first have much of a I didn't have a lot of room to like add a lot of responsibility right off the bat. And it made sense. They started me off kind of your just baseline. Like it was news coverage on Sunday nights, and that included um like event coverage as well. So like but you, back then pay-per-views were on Sundays. That meant I covered pay-per-views. Uh, and then it was Monday nights for raw and news otherwise. And I think I just like slowly added add to that as I as I went along. Um and i've done various things i've hosted podcasts there interviewed people uh, i do like kind of do the social media at least when i'm working like i tweet live tweet shows do things like that um and then i now for the past couple of years I've, I've been an editor so then i i work with like with people and i, I kind of like oversee things um Yeah, but because I was in college at first, I was just doing the writing. And then especially once COVID happened, like we went home and that kind of changed things. So I wasn't actually like actually in school. So that kind of like freed things up a little. And then I graduated, then I had even more time. And that's when it became more of a a full-time job slash career that it's kind of become uh, as it is now. So like in school, I was in the same kind of boat where I couldn't
4: cover MMA because there wasn't really like, a way to do that. There was guys like Ariel Hawani. He was really like the only one who was kind of doing it back then. And this is he was, him doing it independently before he was with MMA or with ESPN or any of that stuff. So for me, it was the same kind of thing where it's like, I got to cover baseball because that's the thing that's available for me to cover. Okay. I guess I'll do that. Even though I'm not, I'm not that into it, but at the same time, and this relates to like the, like the, the media scrums and that kind of stuff too. How would you even like, define wrestling journalism because it's, it's like a tough thing when like I was talking to Jeremy off air and like, technically I'm in wrestling media, but like I do not consider myself to be a journalist, but I have a lot of relationships with a lot of independent wrestlers who may tell me something about them signing somewhere. And if I decide I want to report that I become a journalist, even though I don't want to be, but like, at the same time, you just want to report things balanced like you would in any other sport, but it's also a sport full of, predetermined results and things that can change backstage. And like, you might actually hear something that's gonna happen, you report it, and then it doesn't happen, but it's because the plan actually did change and there's nothing you can do about that. So I guess my, my overall question is like, do you see those challenges like yourself in wrestling journalism? And is there any way you can even like, try to define what wrestling journalism even is? Because that's kind of a question a lot of people are asking right now.
5: I mean, for me, I think I'm even more, uh, and on that side of it, where I definitely don't think I'm a journalist at all, uh, I really just you know I, I write news, but it's not me re- like reporting it. I, I transcribe things that other people say from interviews. Um, I zone I, uh, and as one of many websites, like we it aggregates what other people are reporting, and that's the way it works. So I can't really speak to like what it means to to report something versus like to and and to be a reporter. Um, I think it's something that's maybe that's one of the downsides of wrestling media is that like it is so undefined and it is that I think it gets a lot of criticism and I'm sure what we might talk about it but like at a scrum you have some people actually asking hard hitting pressing questions some people asking pure admitted like fan questions that aren't quote unquote news but they're still like new newsworthy you know It, it, it is very like messy, and I do think there's a lack of definition in a lot of ways, because again, I don't think I'm a journalist at all, I've never once pretended to be, I would never once will say that I am, I, I'm a writer, but I'm not a reporter, and I think I think that that's the difference, and I think they get lumped together uh, to to a fault, and I, I think it's, it's important to kind of differentiate, there are people who actually do report who are journalists, and there are plenty of people, myself included, who are not, and I think maybe that's one thing, uh, the whole field can kind of strive towards more of a defined like difference and more than anything
4: that's a really good explanation by the way um the difference between writing and, and reporting like i think that's a, a pretty fair line to to put there and since you mentioned it i was very interested you were a part of um it was a recent AEW scrum correct and um and there was a lot of hard hitting questions in that. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of things that came out of that, a lot of that scrum and a lot of things that people were talking about, serious things and wrestling related things, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, what were you, I guess, I guess, what was your experience like with that? Cause that was, that was your first AEW scrum, correct? So what was your oh, experience? Yeah. Like, and also that's why I'm asking you because like, even though you are a writer, you are going to be lumped in with everybody in that room as wrestling journalism's in that scrum. So, um wrestling journalism oh my gosh i called you a wrestling journalism um but anyway what was your experience like
5: i mean first off it was just really cool to be a part of it for someone like me i i've never done anything like that um i i'm a huge fan of AEW, so like and i i've had to cover many scrums before so i've always got to like see what it is but not to actually be part of it um so just to be part of it in the first place is really really cool and like i guess validating in some ways like to kind of reach that that level of like, oh, I'm actually here, and I'm I'm i asking Tony Khan a question. I'm I'm, I'm asking uh, Tony Storm what she thinks about X, Y, or Z. Uh, so that was just really, really cool, and something I really appreciated in the first place. And like, that wasn't lost on me. Like, I I didn't take that for granted. Um, it sounds bad. I don't look at it that way, though. Like, I'm I'm not looking at it like, oh, I'm lumped in with all these people that are here for anything bad that comes from it. I'm like, I'm not like, ironically. I'm, I may not have asked anyway, but plenty, several people asked about the Chris Jericho stuff, about all the stuff surrounding that. So by the time that, like, I, it came to me, it was like, okay, like, I think that time um, I got to ask Tony a question at, at that point, I like, had been asked, I think, four times, maybe three times. Um, so I, me asking again would have been, I think, overkill. And, like, it was interesting for me, like, especially the, during the Tony Khan portion, you know, asked about Chris Jericho, asked about X, Y, and Z. Uh, and then, like, it took. It felt like at 20, 25 minutes for until I actually asked him about MJF, and that felt like one of the bigger things to ask about. Granted, there's a lot of belief that he probably resigned, but we I, we were supposed to like kind of look, enter World's End as if okay, he actually could be leaving. His contract is supposed to expire, and like nobody had, had remotely asked him yet. So finally, I did, and someone else asked after me. So, but no, like, it is interesting both of this, this scrum and obviously all out 2022 like brawl out and stuff like that and scrums after that they get kind of like defined by a certain controversy and then they that kind of drives the conversation well this one is because jericho thing um but i don't look at it like i mean i was there i literally i was just there not as a fan obviously i was there i was you know representing what the sites to work for but I wasn't there to ask about Chris Jericho, you know? I really, my, my wife and I drove up to the pay-per-view that day and I wasn't really aware of what was happening all that much. Like there was some speculation, something something brought like vague about Chris Jericho and then it kind of became more more de- definitive, r- roughly, at least in terms of like, what people had thought was going on, what seemed to be going on. It also, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really know what was happening by, by the time the Scrum started. Because I was literally driving. And then then once I like I kind of put the two together, I started like reading up on what was being said. Um but then again like multiple people asked, and I, I didn't feel at my place to do so because I thought I'd already been asked and answered multiple times. And when what, what he saw Tony had said the same thing probably three times, it's like, what merit is there I mean not asking about this? Let's do something else instead. So that's 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 what I did.
4: Yeah, I it's totally but, fair for what it's worth. I mean, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy.
3: Oh, I think Colin is more of a journalist than anybody been on the show. He feels like he's in a war bunker right now, uh, (laughs) after the power has gone out a couple of times and now, now the, the lights are down and everything. No, I think, I think that's fair because I covered the, the scrum and, and Colin, you were there, but yeah, he had been asked three times and he gave the same AEW is the safest place. That's all you were going to get out of him at that. There was no other, we had Phil Strom on, on in the weeds and. You know he framed it though he he mentioned he outright mentioned chris jericho and was like has is there been any anything towards chris jericho has anything like have you investigated chris jericho and it was just can't comment on internet rumors so it was the yes or no question and he gave a maybe answer not even a maybe he gave a a non yes or no answer so he wasn't going to give anything else if you if you ask again I don't think there's a harm in that but at the same time you know what the answer is going to be so you might as well see if you can get something else out of him um and i thought you did did good asking about the the mjf situation because that was a topic and again he gives the answer of like we'd love to work with mjf he's always welcome back in it it's like you're only gonna get what you're gonna get out of tony at these things and i think that's what a lot of people don't understand or maybe they do understand, but they just wanna get on a high horse of like, ask him this, ask him this, ask him this. And it's like, he's gonna no comment you on just about everything. And once you ask him once, he's already said his answer and you're gonna get a repeat of that answer. So there's no reason to to ask him multiple times. I think the Jericho situation was a little bit different and he got pressed on that. And he gave the answer he was going to give. You mentioned the 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 talk of what is a wrestling journalist and everything it's one I think there's very few um and and I don't know how many people actually want to be wrestling journalists uh I'll use quotes like Sean does like that people have their own uh, just the content that they want right like not everyone is there to ask a hard-hitting question and that's that's okay they're there to get content of when Steve fall was. At the 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 whatever press conference and he asked EO sky about uh taylor swift that was a question that was gonna play big to me but like to a certain audience of like oh yeah this is gonna get covered and it's like some people are there to get short little cool haha clip moments and let's ask a funny question about this and then other people are there to maybe ask more of a real question but you gotta re- respect whoever is there to do it in that way and other other people got to understand who is there to to do to do what not everybody is there again to ask a hard question sorry to to ramble about no, all about Colin. but it, it's yeah it's not a well-defined medium it's really not it's really not like i don't i don't want to fully speak for colin but i know what colin does at fightful and i know generally what you do at wrestlezone i certainly don't consider myself a journalist i am not afraid to ask the, the questions that i feel need to be asked anytime we do interviews but that's just because that stuff i want to know you know i want to ask about the pressing topics that are relevant to me so i would ask these questions i completely understand if other people don't want to ask those questions look if i ever interview brian danielson at one of these scrums and brian danielson is in whatever i don't give a shit. i am i'm gonna be like How much tree semen you eat this morning brian that's going to be my question to the man like i don't care about anything else that he did on that show because that's my particular brand of questioning um all right to to recircle back to everything and make this about you colin and not about wrestling uh journalism and stuff starting up with fightful tell everybody about getting started with us here at fightful
5: uh so for a background i Started with WrestleZone 2019, and that was kind of it for a while. I was doing some other things on the side. Um, I'm a big fan of comic books, so I wrote about comic book news here and there, and that that was like a side thing I had for a while. Um, At some point, uh, especially once the pandemic started, you know, we're sent home, and I was living at my mom's house, and I was like, okay, I want to eventually get out of here. So uh, I took a second job. I was actually at Sports Kita for a bit. And I worked there, so now I had the two jobs there. And then eventually, uh, a, a door opened with Fightful, and thankfully, I I applied and got the opportunity. And like I'd always wanted to, because I always viewed it as like the the place to be in a lot of ways. So I was very fortunate to start there. And I it's kind of a similar thing in some ways, where I started kind of like you know pretty low stakes. Like I think I was doing just you know the late night shift a couple of nights of the week, uh, and and I think Sundays as well. Uh, and then that's, like, increased here. Like, it kind of ends up going on in, in some ways. So, um, no, like, I, and then by, by starting with Fightful, then I got Fort Skida, and I've been down to two jobs, thankfully. So, it's been good to kind of have that, at least. Um, but, yeah, it's, I've, I like I said, I, I worked at Feifel so for so long. It's, like, a place I wanted to be, and then I wasn't. So, that, that was, like, I stuck with me a little bit. And finally getting there, it's like, oh, yeah, I made it. It's where I want to be. Um, and it was really, really cool to be able to, to have my responsibilities to the zone, and then to also join the Fightful. Because Jeremy, I mean, I've, told, I've told you before, I, I've looked up to you for ages. You know, I, I, I think you're, I seriously think you're, you're one of the best in the field of what we do, whatever it is, whatever it is that we do, I think you're one of the very, probably the very best at it. Because um, again, we're not reporters, we're writers or whatever you wanna say. And I, I, I honestly respect the hell out of you and what you do. Um, so being able to work with you, learn from you has been amazing. Uh, and I, I really appreciated that and then being, you know, working under Sean and being able to like work with Sean in that way has been really great. Um, uh, we just saw a, a wonderful team kind of across the board to, to finally be part of it. Uh, has been really, really cool. And, uh, no, it's cool. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot of freedom with what we do here. Like Jeremy, you write about Taylor Swift and Tree Seaman and, and there are a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun things you can do. I've become, I, I've had stretches where like I'm the, the Matt Cardona guy or some, somehow, somehow Br- uh, Bronson Reed's tweets about meat have become my beat somehow, um, so that's been fun. Um, you know, there's just a lot of fun things you can do and you, you see a funny tweet and you're like, I think that's gonna play well and you do it or a funny quote that maybe you wouldn't get necessarily elsewhere, but you're like, I think uh, it gets yeah, a good traction so you go for it, you have that freedom to do it. Um, so no, seriously, it's, it's, I really appreciate being part of the team here. Um, I think it's it's a great team all across the board, and I'm very happy to be part of it so I really enjoy what I do here.
4: I'm curious because I'm I may be one of the, I shouldn't say one of the few, there's probably quite a few people now at Fightful that I've just been here a long time now, like I'm, over five years. So there, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of new faces over the it's
3: years. It's like so you five. and are it. the two <laughs> longest, right. And then I might be third after that. Like that, that might be the, the pecking order. It's crazy. Longest I, mean, I was mainly,
4: I world. was mainly just on select outside of like TNA, um, reviews and the UFC stuff, but it was, but yeah, I, but I, I guess. I, i'm trying to remember what i was gonna what i was gonna say now but it had to do with the all the all the changing faces and stuff all, all the oh what i was gonna say is because i never started like writing for fightful i was more like on like the content side i knew how to use obs back when no one else did so i was able to help with a lot of stuff fightful was first like starting to really grow and whatnot what is it what is it like like what does that look like behind the scenes when you're doing like Is like a do you like decide on like uh, like a like a headline and then it has to go to jeremy and jeremy has to like sign off on this or no you just give him free reign jeremy that's
3: oh go ahead colin
5: no I was gonna say like there are some things where it's like you just try to like, have a good headline or it's like if, if if i need help i'll try to bounce ideas Like i think it's very collab- collaborative in a lot of ways where it's like we have slack so it's like oh you know here's this quote what's the best way to put this because like, sometimes if someone's saying three really good things in, in one uh you know, one quote you, you don't want to like miss out on a, a certain angle you know though it's collaborative you try to like find out the best angle for it while being obviously tr- accurate and truthful um there are times like for me uh, i'm sometimes i on a on a monday night like after raw ends there's like a raw digital exclusive no one else is up at 1am so i'm like all right i gotta try and you know do the best i can to, to get a good headline and, and if there's a better one yeah maybe but like you don't always have the ability to bounce off someone. but more often than not 1 p.m. on a on a Wednesday, several people are around you. Like, hey, what do you think about this? And so it's not only really, like wanting to maximize; it's also like, hey, this person said this. Is this headline fair? Because you don't want to like say they're saying something they're not. So, um, but like I said earlier, like, there's a lot of freedom in in general. And then it's like you know you don't have to always run everybody. But when, when you shut off, you do. Jeremy's been a great like supervisor, but like I, I've been able to kind of or prove that I can be trusted to not you know screw the pooch, I guess, Fuck, better word. So, you know, uh, it's a good, it's good. Now that where it's like, it's, it's collaborative. And also, you know, we will be, we're a team.
3: It it looks like what it really looks like Jensen is me yelling everybody to to work harder and do more work. (laughs) That's what it really looks like. No, uh, Colin, Colin got it right of like, nobody like really runs anything by me technically it's just we kind of call what we're gonna do if if it's like a, a match aew announces a match that's very simple straightforward something like that and any type of announcement is pretty straightforward if it's like a tweet then things can get a little iffy of like okay what's the context of this tweet I'll, I'll use an example uh Koto abushi tweeted something uh the other i guess it was sunday night right uh sunday night and he mentioned like retirement and it was like the translation was like retirement is is near or close or a thing it's like you know after AEW ends it ends in japan and some engagement account or some random account that i never really heard of like tried to frame this as kota obushi yeah like koto obushi says he's gonna retire at the end of his AEW contract and I'm like, if you look at the translation of that tweet, I didn't get that at all. Like the only thing I would surmise from it was after his AW contract ends, he might go back to Japan and retire there. That's what I got out of it. Um, and then so so, Colin and I just kind of discussed it of like, yeah, this is how I read it. And then Colin's like, okay, so should I hold off on this? Like, yeah, just hold off because like, I don't know how to frame that. I don't. And the the tweet Koda was replying to was like, nothing like you couldn't get any there was no context of retirement or anything so you couldn't really get anything out of it so i was like yeah just hold off because like i don't want to frame it in a bad way that the coda is i don't know if Coda is paying attention but we certainly do have wrestlers who pay attention to our website and to our headlines and everything even if they feel they've been misrepresented or something then that looks bad on on me or sean like i've had to reach out to plenty of wrestlers of just like didn't mean it like this or what do you think we could have done here and then some are pretty chill about it and they're like yeah no worries like i get it like i appreciate you mentioned this and then some are just kind of like they don't get it like they're not even misrepresented this is what they said word for word and they're still just mad about it and it's like well you can't really do anything you're just gonna be mad regardless like what am i supposed to do about this um but yeah it is if anything needs like clarified and stuff, largely with headlines, because as we've learned, Colin, that's all a lot of people are going to read is like, Oh, what's the headline say? Then we got to make sure there's enough context and clarity in the headline to where it's not misrepresenting the quote or has nothing to do with the quote or anything like that. And that's where really the collaboration comes in more than, more than anything.
4: Are, are you, um, we can explain a little more about how the meat is made like so everyone knows how this website runs behind the scenes um <laughs> are you are you Jeremy that's like the I guess like the the boss right being like you're you're it's funny because we never talk about work ever It's so funny so are you delegating all this or is this just like anyone who's like available at the time is constantly like just terrible at delegating. Okay.
3: I'm <laughs> at delegating okay i God awful at delegating So it's like, so
4: it's on Colin, basically, like when he's on shift, he's got to be paying attention to the wrestling news and it is on him to make sure that he's getting it out there. And you have the trust. He's been doing like you're even if you're not around, he has the trust of like putting a headline out there.
3: So I'll try to make this very short. Cause this is not about me and I'll put Colin over. Well, and- I think
4: this is interesting for a lot of people who would want a route of like what Colin's doing. There's a lot of people who want to write about wrestling. and want to work for wrestling websites. And this is actually like really interesting stuff for people
3: to know. I mean, there's a lot of people who come to me and want to write for our website. And I'm just like, I don't know. We don't have openings, man. So <laughs> because I've been here as long as I've been here and because it literally used to just be me and Andrew Thompson, the goat, <laughs> right, uh, right. Like it used to just be us two, that was it. I would work weekdays, there was no times, like it was just weekdays, that's it. What does weekdays mean? I don't know, midnight to midnight every single day and Andrew would work weekends, that's all it was. That is what I basically grew up on, on this website. It was a three man staff, me, Sean, and Andrew, and it was a lot less busier back then because AEW hadn't officially started. I joined in 2018, summer of 2018. So AEW hadn't just started, it hadn't been the pandemic. So not everybody in the world had a, their own podcast and everything. So it, that's how I started. That's how I just kind of grew up doing all the news and stuff. And then I got very good at it from there. Since then we've grown, we, we've added Robert, we've added Colin, we've added Skylar, we've um, added Corey as well and now it's basically everyone is on for what is essentially a shift like skylar basically works 9 30 to 12 colin works 12 to 4 skylar will work like 12 to 4 or uh 4 to 6 and then robert will work 6 to 8 or 6 to 10 but basically i have set this this is my own doing because this is how i generally wanted to set it is I make sure there's someone that's theoretically on from 9 30 in the morning to whenever colin decides he's gonna stop working in in the night like that's how i said it and i said it that way so i could basically come and go as i please with the understanding and i think colin will attest this with the understanding that i'm still gonna put in enough work to where no one is like oh, why isn't Jeremy working this certain time or whatever? Like I still put in the hours that I need to put in. It might just, it, it's just very erratic. Like I don't theoretically or technically need to cover raw. I, I right. can't, if I don't want to help on raw, I don't need to help on raw. I'll do other stuff. I'll do quotes or I just won't fucking work for once in my life. Um, So that's how I've set it up. Colin, Colin is technically like 12 to four on weekdays and then uh stuff at night like 10 to like one i think at night and then sundays it's like i don't even know what you do on Sunday. seven to whenever on sundays this is what i love and appreciate about colin and this is why i trust colin with anybody with everything over anybody else is colin's jumping on at like 10 and then he's staying on past four and then he's helping during the shows if need be. And then he's staying on late and everything. Colin is very much in this similar mindset of me of like, if there is shit that needs to be done, we are going to do it. And again, that's how I came up. So that's what I'm just sort of used to doing. And I hope everyone understands, like the staff understands that like I come and go as I please because I'm going to put in my my output is going to still remain very consistent and very strong but yeah jensen to to long story short technically there is one person on from 9 30 to basically one o'clock every single day and then i kind of come and go as i please
4: nice okay that makes sense colin on a scale of uh, one to ten how would you rate jeremy's boss <laughs>
5: <laughs> ten, out, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Jeremy's great.
3: I can't give raises, Colin, if I could. I know. I would. I can't, though. No, that's, I that's always. Cool. Voul- I will say, I always vouch for you. Like, Sean does ask my input on this stuff, and I always say the one person I'm never worried about is Colin. Like, I know Colin will be. Who are you around you most worried about? To do stuff. I'm not going to bury anybody. No, <laughs> I know <laughs> Colin will be around. I know. Colin's output's going to be there. I know if something, if someone goes down, he will be willing to step up. You worked through COVID this week, which I was very upset about. I was He's like, got COVID right now, just... by the way,
4: everyone who's watching this, Colin's doing this with, with the sickness. So we appreciate it. Yeah. That.
3: I was like, like, take a break, man. Just like, it's okay. No nothing, nothing bad's going to happen on a Sunday that like, I can't be covered the next day or something. But like Colin is, definitely the person I trust the most when it comes and that's why I largely take my breaks on like the afternoons of days because one I'm up at like seven o'clock working on stuff and then now I do multiple shows a week and everything but usually from like one to three is when I'm like all right I gotta just take a break that's when Colin is around and that's when I'm like all right Colin's around I feel good about things other times I'm like all right I gotta be around because I don't know what could happen
4: do you have a, do you have like a favorite uh, story or headline or anything that you r- like wrote for Fightful Kong?
5: Probably one of the meet ones, Bronson Reed. Those are always pretty <laughs> fun because he just like when you have a tweet and someone just like literally says something and you're like, you don't even have to try. It's it's right there. I remember. Um, like only as recent one of Bronson Reed's tweets about, like he said something about his meatballs or something or, like one of the spots at a live event is like, don't worry that the meatballs are fine or everyone loves his meat or something. Um those are some fun, like, you know, easy, like, you know, throwaway posts or whatever. There's probably a better answer where it's like, some of the, like, a, you know, a, a quote for a, a headline for a, a quote, worked hard to transcribe or something. But, um, I mean, yeah, that probably, probably one of those kind of things, like they're just fun, you know, you don't have to like really think about it, just just do it. Um, yeah. But if I can think of a better example, I would but like, you know, those kinds of ones always going stand out.
4: It's okay. I know I'm putting you on the spot too. It's hard to like name any of your favorite stuff unless you're asked right on the spot for it. So I get that too. Um, <clears throat> would you, uh, oh, there was another question I was going to ask based on that. Um, what was it? Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, it I was will about. Say, no, real I, quickly. Oh, yeah, go, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I'll, real I'll quickly, you.
3: I will say, uh, when the John Silver stuff, when, when he was on Dark Order or being the elite, now <laughs> being the Dark Order, Colin would be do a very good job. And this is one of the good things about Fightful is we do have a lot of freedom to just write dumb headlines. So if John Silver was talking about like climaxing or something <laughs> colin would turn that into uh some type of, of headline so he, he does a good job of like going through being the elite now being the dark order and, and like picking out just some like stupid f- stupid skit, stu- stupid bit that happens and like r- getting a headline off gotcha. of that. so colin gets it colin gets it That's colin definitely gets it, it yes. yes
4: um what i was gonna Thank ask actually was it was actually kind of unrelated but it was in i i just heard you kind of mention it a little earlier i'm just curious um, you mentioned you're like really big into comics and you had covered that previously. Do you have like a favorite comic book, uh, like, like superhero or anything like that?
5: Uh, you stance is probably Batman, uh, Deadpool's another big one. I like the, 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 the big ones, like Spider-Man, Deadpool's another favorite. Um, it's always, always been Batman though probably number one. Do you collect comics or any
4: like memorabilia for that kind of stuff?
5: You're not a collector? I mean, I no like, i have some stuff if if my power were not you might be able to see like, i have some stuff in my office like if i have posters and some figures and stuff like i'm definitely not a collector especially like we're in an apartment right now and we want to move so like i'm not i'm not in like um collection mode i'm in like trying to keep things minimal mode maybe someday if we have a house i'll like it a little bit and get some kind of stuff and now like i don't have the time to read comics much anymore um like they're, they're sometimes like pockets of time or in the, in the past and pockets of time. I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll spend some time reading comics, like you know, a- after um, after I'm done working. But by by now, it's like by the time I'm done working, I just want to go to bed. Um, and then like you know, in the morning, it's like I've other stuff to do. And it got to the point where I was like, I'd, I'd read like one comic a week. I'd go to the store and get one comic. That's pointless because like if it's a weekly series, you're just you're fighting an ever running battle on that one. Um, so yeah, you know, maybe someday I'll circle back to it and kind of get back to that kind of stuff. But uh, more and more and more just kind of a casual uh, consumer in that sense. Well, I know you're
4: saying you're not collecting stuff right now and you're kind of in more like <clears throat> downsize mode, which I, I get that. But ironically enough, my me downsizing my collection is what led to my really, really, really bad addiction to where it is currently. Like I started, I started trading my things in. Like I was like, I don't need so much stuff. This is years back. I was like, I don't need so much stuff. I started going to this place called mckay's in nashville and they take like pretty much they'll buy anything from me pretty much so i started selling them back like old action figures and video games and a whole bunch of stuff and they'll give you either cash or store credit and usually i would take the cash but this one day i was like ah oh, the store credit would just be better for like the amount that they want to give me so i started walking around the store and i wound up using the store credit to buy wrestling action figures like ones that i didn't have and then that just led down the slippery slope that I'm at now, that has gotten absolutely insane. So there's still hope for you, Colin. I know you're saying that you're downsizing right now, but maybe one day you can uh, you can start collecting stuff because, like, I'm not into superheroes or the comics so much. I'm really into, like Jane, Tom, and Silent Bob. I appreciate like their appreciation for it, like in their universe for their movies and stuff but that's uh that seems like an even slipper slipperier slope potentially than like the stuff I collect with like wrestling there's just so many so many action figures so many comics so many of these movies um it's kind of cool though that you're like in that world though because it feels like it'd be a fun world to be a part of I just don't know a whole lot about it
5: yeah and I've always liked it because like there's a lot of crossover of wrestling if you think about it so they they just if you kind of really get down to the the basics, it's like good and evil, and then people in costumes, and you know, you, if you suspend your disbelief and like storytelling. So, I've always enjoyed that. Like, it's they're very, very different, but uh, there's uh, actually a lot overlap too.
4: Do you how do you feel about like Batista and like Guardians of the Galaxy? Like those kind of performances? Oh, he's a
5: huge like, fan, Jack's yeah. the best, yeah, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Black yeah. Adam wasn't so good I, I love Black Adam, but I love Peacemaker, Peacemaker is awesome. See so, like, seeing some of that, that kind of stuff. Uh, the crossover the, load, uh, the actual crossover between the two worlds is really cool to see sometimes.
3: i was going going to ask <laughs> i have nothing to add on the comic front by the way that's not my you want my opinions on batista i think everybody knows how i feel about batista that's the man right there yeah dude you're just batista. a mr b's video you know i'm all about that i know i did i did a post on that because i was like I this saw. is a good crossover stuff I, right here. I watched it immediately i have my reminders I, I there's only
4: one youtube channel that i have my alarm set for outside in fightful of course that i have my alarm set for um and it's because mr risk gives away so much stuff that i like being one of the first to watch his videos see if he's doing a giveaway because every now and then he'll send me free stuff i've gotten like free chocolate from him i've gotten free parts oh of his pieces of his set Yeah, I have a little piece of like a little jenga piece he used in like one of his videos because i was there fast enough to like get in on like the free offer and like anyway shout out mr jimmy if you ever <laughs> see this bro shout out Mr. Beast because succeeding is our shout out here here on YouTube so
3: oh I I was popping on something else I'll tell you guys off air. oh come on Um, come on say it tell tell the whole world Jeremy what do we got okay uh I'm just kidding dude not if it's not good no it's not like did you see this mess I caused on Twitter tonight no I've been yeah 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 what what, what did you do uh (laughs) so Wonder i i was watching nathan mckinnon highlights because i was just bored i actually had some family stuff going on but uh uh tony khan is in a big old argument with usa network and tony is tweeting and have you seen my bit of uh not many people say this it's not often said but if you really think about it this person is right mm-hmm. yeah well i yeah. said tony khan was right tonight because he was making trends and stuff and i just started a war and my my wife messaged me and apparently you know one of these loser idiots replied he ain't going to fuck you little bro <laughs> and my my wife just commented on that so that's all i, I was just laughing at it all right let's oh, this is this so interview's good. off the rails absolutely off the rails i'm sorry colin let's talk more about colin what else do you like man what's your favorite wrestler
5: oh man Tough one. Um top of my head, probably uh like it's a three-way tie with like MJF.
2: Oh, oh MJF. No,
5: no. MJF, Brian Danielson, and Will osprey would probably be like Oh, three. this is
3: a lie. It's Matt Cardona, one hundred percent.
5: So, okay. I'm, <laughs> like he's he's always got like that spot, right? But like Ah, uh, it's more of a, that's like a nostalgia pick, right? I don't know. Like, if there's like people I'm really enjoying right now, I think those are really the top three. But I'll, I'll always have Macdonald in my heart. Colin pops laugh. me
3: so much every time he wants to do a post on a Matt Cardona tweet. I'm just like, oh, I respect it so much. You, look, I love it. You, you, you got your, you got your beat that you. It's easy posting because Cardona one replies to everything and has a funny reply to everything. It just always pops me when you're like. I'll get in this Cardona tweet. I was like,
4: yeah, you are Colin.
3: Yeah. I respect
4: <laughs> it." <laughs> we're actually, uh, before people see this interview during our, our, um, like our main, like our live show, we're actually one of our, our Indies folly this week is actually going to be that the major bendy got Janson and Bob licensed for their action figure line, which I think is kind of cool. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Cardona fan too. So I think it's kind of, I think that's kind of funny that like that wound up being your guy. He's the man.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah, I loved like I don't know something about it when I was a kid, like 2009. Zach Ryder, the the one the one chunk on the yeah. on the on the gear. I was like, that's it. And I loved his theme song. I had on my, my phone for years till i took it down. Uh, the best. Well, oh, he's he's great.
3: I respect your love for for Mike Cardona so much. All right, so Danielson Osprey and mjf mjf okay well it, all AEW guys except mjf who is allegedly not under contract um did did you watch danielson and okada from wrestle kingdom i did not i i gotta go back ah. and
5: watch that i'm i'm i know i'm I'm slacking
3: i actually don't know like when you sleep because you are on at, at crazy hours kind of kind of like i used to be before i got kids and i was like i gotta sleep at some point um what like what do you do in your free time that is not wrestling i guess comic books but is there anything else
5: um right now i mean ironically having COVID like has forced me to get better sleep hours because it's like i by the time i'm like actually done and like it's it's okay for me to go to bed i'm like i'm kind of i need to go to bed uh, and then i i usually go to the gym in the morning but then i have COVID i don't so it's like i'm sleeping in a little bit um i don't i don't <laughs> It sounds like I don't have like that many hobbies. Like I, I spend time with my wife and whatever she wants to do. It's like we'll see a movie or go shopping or or whatever. Um, I watch TV and stuff like that. Like, I try to relax when I'm not working because, like you know, I'm not just Jimmy. You get it. And I, I don't even, I don't even have the, the kids component, but like just in general, it's like sometimes I just need to like unwind, and that's kind of my 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 mo. Um, but yeah, you know, it's when I have time, I like to read comics and stuff or. Uh, either if it, I, when I'm on a can, like I go to the gym or could go for um, while it, while it's not being horrible. I go for a walk or something, you know, but, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. You know, I mean, again, when you have a, a rough schedule, it's like you work, go to bed, best case you have a couple hours in the morning and then you're right back at it again, you know, is,
4: uh, is your wife a wrestling fan? And if not, what does she think about wrestling?
5: so she did like when we started dating she did not know anything about it at all we started dating in like august of 2018 and i started wrestling zone it was like a very very like one-two punch where like i, like I said earlier i got back into it and then uh, i wound up to they had a spot on taping in wilkesbury and i was kind of near roughly near the area where she went to penn state and i went to ithaca so it was like oh that's kind of nearby so let's go so I, this poor woman, I, I drag her to a SmackDown taping, and she has no clue, no, none. She has never seen wrestling, has no idea what it's about. So I have to explain it to her the whole time. And then uh, during COVID, she got like locked in with me, so she'd have to watch it. Poor thing. Uh, and then like it's like in some ways, like especially on the AEW side, she became a fan. She, like she liked what they were about. Uh, she had to sit through like 2019 WWE, and that was kind of rough. Uh, and then she she likes some things, but uh, she's she also really likes MJF. She really likes the acclaimed, she likes the, the acclaimed popper. Um, those are probably the two big ones. She really likes Willow Nightingale. Like for nice. we've been to several AW shows, and like for the long time, she's like, oh, is, is will is Willow going to be here? And she wasn't. And finally, we went to Worlds End. She was, and we both thought that was the funniest thing uh, that it took that long. Um, but she's actually become a big fan. So I remember. We went to collision in october and like it was roughly on my birthday and she's like oh let's go and then we're waiting there weren't any matches announced and like i think the week before we're watching and they announced kenny omega mjf and we both literally like marked out loud because like i i really like mjf she likes mjf we both like kenny omega i was like what's the chance like that happens in the show we're going to like literally world title match that's really cool uh so she's become kind of a fan like by proxy slash by extension of me, you know, at first through necessity, and then you know, she actually does does like in a lot of ways, but obviously, like she's able to have that distance of like, you know, she she goes to bed, and it's like, all right, I've had enough of this. She hates MXT like I do, so we have a lot of the same views, but you know,
4: that's funny. that's that's, that's cool though. That that's all that's all really cool actually. Um, you mentioned Ithaca. This is very random. Have you ever seen the movie Road Trip? No, I don't think I have.
1: Uh, really?
4: That's from I, that was Ethical, wasn't it, Jeremy? Remember so? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. The, the 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 it's like oh I say old. I mean, this is back from the year two thousand, probably. The Ruby Road Trip. I mean, it's been a long time already. Yeah, it's that like it was like thousands. It was like Tom Green and uh yeah. was it Breckin Meyer? Was that his name? Breckin Meyer, was, Sean William yeah.
3: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Stifler. Um, they yeah. were all. Well, he wasn't. They were was Stifler and American Pie. But yeah, you know what I mean. They. Yeah, that was. Um, they. I'm almost positive. They like they went to Ithaca because like, the, the movie started. It was, Ithaca. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, wow, yeah.
4: you should check that out. It's, it's actually, I it's, will. It's, it's no, really, it's cool. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It might not hold up well, I don't know, but I used to think it was really fun. I I was loved, in middle school.
3: Yeah, I yeah. loved that shit when I was a teenager. <laughs> I was like, oh, this movie is hilarious. I'm gonna watch that tonight, <laughs> actually. I'm gonna find that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Very good film. All right, Colin, we'll we'll start to, to wrap up here. Uh, the question you you watch this show, you know the question that is coming. I don't know if you can get it with with your power out right now. Uh, but the the coolest thing in the room or wherever you're at.
5: Let me see tonight can here. Can't really see it because the power. Can you guys see that?
3: Backup, generic. oh, yeah, there you yes. go. Media, I saw, yeah. yeah, I yeah, saw you cool. uh posted this on on Twitter. Your, your mm-hmm. wife made you uh the little shadow box with the the media pass and everything awesome. and the ticket, and I thought that was that was very sweet of her,
5: yeah. That, that was really cool, uh, because like I said, going going in the first place, I know, I, and also just to pop Jeremy here, I do have an autographed Zack Ryder action figure. Yeah, look at that. That's that. one of the few things I do have. That's good. So I also have a doll segue randomly, I don't know why I even have that, but uh. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably it because like otherwise it's just a couple of posters and stuff like that. Because um, like, like I said, for me the, the AEW thing is like I don't know if I'm gonna get through that again because like half the time I have to cover the shows and this lined up where it's like I was gonna be off uh, for New Year's anyway. Cause my wife and I tried to like get away a little bit to do something on New Year's and then they had the show on Saturday, so we went and then it wound up. I like, got the credential. I was like, well, you know, if I never get to go again, I got to go that one. So that was pretty cool. Yeah.
3: You're That's not allowed awesome. to cover any more shows. I need help during these scrums. They're too late right? <laughs> for me, so you can't, you can't cover these shows. Anymore. I got,
4: I got one, one last, just one last question for me, uh, Colin, what would be, what ultimately, like, if you could pick like one, like dream job, I guess, like in wrestling, like what would your, like, what would you want to do in wrestling, like long-term or not even wrestling? Maybe it isn't in wrestling. Maybe you want to cover something else or maybe you want a different job entirely eventually. Like what, what would be like your dream job?
5: Um, I mean, I, I always have this, like, dream, of, like, being able to, like, somehow be part of AEW. I don't know how, like, they don't need me, obviously, like, I'm just a writer that, like, I, I, I have a writing degree, like, I, I don't have any need for me But like, somehow being, somehow being involved with that. Realistic answer is just, like, something with a better schedule. Um. And like, that's just the way that this is. And so maybe some, like Jeremy obviously can attest, like it never stops and like you do what you really have to do. Um, so I, I, ideally someday, you know, I, I'd get to a point where I could have a, a decent schedule, but uh, I don't know, I don't wanna really have an answer like what the like the dream job, it's more so like what what that job would come with. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm I'm fortunate to say I, I love what I do I very, and I, I love being part of FIFA. I love being part of Zone. I just hope that, you know, ideally someday we'll, we'll find, uh, you know, a, a little more, a little more balance because I overdo it. And Jeremy, I know you, obviously you get it. Like, you know, I'm we're, we're our own worst enemies in a lot of ways where it's like, we, we like to get stuff done or we, we put that on ourselves. So it's like, yeah, I could probably have their schedule. Uh, but like then stuff wouldn't get done. Right. So, and I kind of put that on myself a lot of times. So, um, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't have the answer for what the dream job itself is, but kind of more so like the 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 conditions of it.
4: That's okay. That that totally makes sense. And I have a good backup final question that will get a, a, an answer definitively. I'm sure. Okay, your prediction, WrestleMania. We're gonna this have to is assume. what I thought your original right, question. We got it. It was coming either way. We <laughs> got we got it. We got to assume <laughs> Roman Reigns only wrestles one night. Okay, that's the assumption. One night. We can't have these scenarios of like Roman both main events both nights. Depends this how that title. One run, one Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania. Will he be defending the championship this year, WrestleMania, against The Rock, or against Cody Rhodes, or against somebody else?
5: My gut, I, I, Stephen. I know you love Cody. I know. I believe me. I know uh yeah. my gut i i can't see them bringing the rock back it's not for me and you. that's just that's my, my, I, my that's gut a, feeling
4: that's a that's a that's all it's a tough pill to swallow but it's it's the it's the realistic that's what's happening right now unfortunately i think um but um yeah Vinny Vinny Pacifica had the same answer last we've almost cut him off the show as he was as he was giving the answer <laughs> but um we let you get we let you get the whole thing out That's. I I'm I mean I'm obviously hoping for Cody at Mania that's how I feel but I mean I'm gonna ask every guest up until WrestleMania like up until it's like sure obviously where the card's going but um so that's two now for uh, The Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania and zero for Cody so thank you Colin uh we appreciate you being on the show today buddy um
3: I but- I, I, I I gotta say uh Colin I I I appreciate you I I respect how hard you work um again I I trust you more than no offense to anybody else but I trust Colin more than anybody else on the staff when it comes to news I know how hard Colin works I know he takes this very serious he wants to do a good job he wants to do the best that he can he he is I'm I don't feel like I'm the best leader in the world I I I try to give everybody the tools that I have, and like the skills that I use, essentially, of like, truthfully, anybody can do this job. It's just a matter of like, how serious you're going to take it, and how much effort and work you're going to put into it because I can tell you every little thing that I do to do it to the level that I do it at. And then it's up to you if you're going to do it, if you're going to use those use whatever I tell you to use or follow and like, this is what, this is how I do it. And, and Colin is someone who is taken all of that and is like, okay, I'm gonna do, gonna do it this way. And I'm sure he's done it, found his other, his own tricks and stuff uh, throughout the way. But like, I give everybody the same blueprint that I follow. And it's like, here, this is what I do. People say I'm good at this, this is all I do. And Colin is someone who is, again, I, I feel followed that and then put his own spin on things i know how serious colin takes it i know how good colin is at this i'm not advocating for anybody to to hire colin away from us uh if anything i want colin to continue to have a bigger role here at fightful and i realize i know the wrestling news sucks and i mean that in a lot of different ways uh one of the biggest way i mean it is like it's a full-on grind because it literally does not stop There is literally something we could be doing every single second of the day. Everyone is a podcast. Everyone's doing an interview. There's always a show going on. you can literally cover something every single second of the day in wrestling news because there is just so much going on. There's no off season. Any
4: any tweet any wrestler makes could be a story. Legitimately. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I'm serious. Yeah.
3: Like there is so there's so much to do. And i know colin puts a lot on himself and, and i appreciate that i also want to tell you and i've told you this text to text but i'm trying to tell you this face to face don't always put all that on yourself take your breaks realize that this shit is not worth it a lot of times because the news we are delivering it to are a bunch of fucking morons and i i don't mean our audience our audience is great <laughs> you guys but, rock i'm not yeah. <laughs> i'm not saying any of this stuff about you guys i'm not saying anything at all actually i'm just sitting our audience look the audience who watches this show the audience who watches in the weeds and stuff they are great the audience who is on twitter who reads a headline and doesn't read the article or are in my mentions right now arguing about dumb shit they suck and that's the people who we are basically writing for because that's the people who consumes this the most and like it's un- it's unfortunate but like that's it's how it is and it is not worth our own sanity to deliver the news to them just so they can get mad about it it's not it's truly truly not and i've had to learn that lesson i really learned it a lot last year i probably should have learned it a lot sooner but it's it's oftentimes not worth this please realize and again i'm trying to try and tell you this person to person now instead of text sex please realize you are valued i know how hard you work i know how good you are at this there's never i i wake up every day almost in fear of like i'm gonna get fired today if i don't do 20 posts that's not gonna happen that's not gonna happen to you i know it's not gonna happen to me i can promise it's not gonna happen to you like it's okay to slow down and take a break and take time to yourself and if this shit doesn't get done now then and maybe you got to do it later but like that's a reflection on others and not on you. If you're not immediately doing it, you have your hours that you are set. You always work hard during those hours. You always work hard in hours that are past that. And like, you are good. I hope you, I hope you know that and you, you say for some reason you like me and appreciate me. Like, I, I hope you realize like, I, I'm saying this genuinely of like, you are good please more than anything else take care of yourself and wrestling news is fucking stupid That's all I got. Sorry. That's a
4: good good closing monologue. I
3: wanted to say, I wanted to say that Colin face to face because I've told him this like through Slack and stuff, because again, I know how hard Colin works. I know, I know how much he puts on himself and like, I don't get to talk to Colin face to face. We've had one staff meeting the entire time I've been part of Fightful. And I think everybody had their camera off and I got made fun of because mine was the only camera who was on. I don't think anybody talked in that staff meeting, except for me and Sean so i don't really get to talk to colin uh, on that level so i wanted to say it to you now so you like understand all of this and i don't know why i'm using this on air i'm telling everybody out there as well if you're thinking about doing this job or anything one you can be very good at it if you're willing to like sacrifice more than is probably worth it because if you're willing to like really put in that time and stuff because what we do is not just aggregate, aggregate, aggregate. Like the transcription work we do, the the finding, searching, making something out of nothing. That's a lot harder than just this other website out there who was like, what did Fightful do today? Okay, I'll just copy and paste everything Fightful did. Like that's very easy to do. What we do is why I think we are the absolute best is because we go out there and we actually try to find that kind of news before anybody else does it that's why matt riddle is on a live stream shouting out fightful because i'm posting articles as he's doing a live stream and the the people are like Fightful's already posted an article from the stream it's like yeah because i'm watching live like that's the stuff that we we try to do and it's different than everybody else i think it's better than almost everybody else and colin's a big part of that that's the obvious now (laughs) Good
5: stuff. To say the obvious. I, I really appreciate that, Jeremy. That means a lot. So I, I try to do you proud, try to fight for proud and be, to do good work. And I've, I mean, we've talked about it, obviously, but I, I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah,
3: I can't really Colin, add much more to that. Yeah. Colin, let everybody know where they can find you at.
5: I mean, Twitter is probably the best bet at CPTN2110. Um, I'm probably most active there and not really anywhere else. So that's that's all there really is to it. And otherwise obviously my work is also inviteful. you can see what i'm writing at any given point and uh yeah
3: colin we appreciate it i appreciate you so much i appreciate all the hard work you do for for the website thank you for joining us today i'm sorry this interview was all. i'm over sorry guys place. i
5: appreciate it yeah <laughs> um, I, I i'm sorry my power i mean i'm sorry i'm, I'm glad it oh no it,
3: uh, you were you were was, in the bunker baby like this was, this was good <laughs> in the bunker yeah. hunkering down thumbs up the uh, subliminal messaging there colin thank you buddy we really appreciate thank it you guys guys thank you. we'll be right back here on the spotlight big thanks to colin tessier joining us in the creator's spotlight i uh, look at cresta cresta star in the youtube chat i hope you have a great day cresta good luck dealing with joel pearl tonight good luck with dealing with joel pearl on saturday let's get to talk to steven jensen on Saturday. Appreciate you checking out the show, Chris. Appreciate everybody checking out the show. Appreciate everybody leaving a, a thumbs up on the video, subscribing to the channel, leaving super chats, just being active in the chat regardless. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the support for everything we do here on Fightful and here on the Spotlight. Guys, we'll be back next week recapping all the things that have happened in the world of wrestling. Maggie, we'll you on the show. Here's the thing, Maggie. Jensen can only... Record interviews at certain times, and it's like seven o'clock on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, seven o'clock our time. So I don't know what time that is for you, but if you're awake, we'd love to have you on the show. All right, you can just you can just join the the morning portion of the show since you're here. If you're able to to join the morning portion, we'll figure something out, Maggie. Guys, we appreciate it. Head over to com. We got a lot of stuff over there this past week. Um, it's 2 a.m. for you when we do our interviews. Uh, com in the weeds live 10 a.m. to noon Eastern every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We had Kushida on Monday. We had Jody Threat and Matt Cross yesterday. Uh, SP3 is filling in as the co host tomorrow, but we will be there live tomorrow. On in the weeds, 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, coexisting 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on Fight Overbooked with, with Maggie and with Rob Wilkins, who does a lot of uh, good graphical work and has done the intro for FMC. You can check out FMC with myself and SP3 talking basketball, play on Love is Blind Mobile with the great share Delaware. Always a fun time playing some love is blind mobile. Just head over to FIFO book, subscribe. We are very close to 15,000 subscribers. If you would, uh, you know, subscribe and help us out and we get to 15,000, that would be pretty sweet. So go do that, everybody. Go to FIFO book, subscribe, head over to FIFO.com. Check out all the news. Head over to FIFOselect.com. Sign up for all the the scoops from Sean Ross Sapp. And guys, we'll be back next week here with a brand new episode of The Spotlight. Everyone have a good Thursday. Everyone enjoy your weekend. There's a lot of wrestling to watch this weekend. Watch it. Don't watch it. Take a break if you need to. But if you're looking for wrestling to watch, plenty this weekend. We'll talk about it all next week. We'll talk about it all throughout the week. Right here on Fightful. Fightful we're Booked. Bye, everybody